Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we begin today's episode, I'm going to spend a few seconds telling you about our Patreon, where you can support the show. It's patreon.com slash a new winter, and you get exclusive podcast episodes, and you can donate even a dollar if you want, but everything you give will help me be able to spend more time working on the show. Patreon.com slash a new winter. If you don't have the money and want to help, then great. Please rate and review the podcast, because that really does make a huge difference. Thank you. Culture. Welcome to a new Winter Cults and Culture, and today I'm with my partner Tess. Hello. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the rise of Skywalker Star Wars Episode 9, which we went to see on the Friday, and um, it's directed by J.J. Abrams, who did uh, The Force Awakens, and amongst other things. And yeah, so we're going to start off by just kind of giving a general review, spoiler-free, and what our thoughts were now that we've kind of um, been able to take a step back for a day or so and have a, have a think about it. And then afterwards, um, we'll put a little break in and then we can talk about um, the film in more detail so that if you guys have watched it, then we can kind of go into all the spoilers and what we thought and go into what some of the story beats actually meant. So yeah, first impressions. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I was thinking about it and I enjoyed it to the point that I could watch it again right now. So mm-hmm. I think I, uh, I don't know that it's one of those films that will kind of stand the test of time, 
But um, that said, it was kind of really enjoyable. Went at breakneck speed. I felt like a lot was happening, but I probably wasn't taking everything in or understanding every single reference that was going on. Um, but yeah, generally good performances, interesting plot. Um, nothing particularly unexpected, but all the kind of notes that it did hit, I enjoyed. Out of the three new ones then, where do you think this one rates? Um, I'd probably rate this my highest one. Right. Yeah. Okay. One. Number one out of the three. Um, yeah, so I thought it was, um, yeah, it was probably my favourite one out of the three as well. I do kind of understand what some people's hang-ups are about it. Uh, I imagine that people who really loved The Last Jedi and maybe hated Force Awakens will probably hate this um, because everyone who liked Last Jedi, you know, seemed to like the fact that it kind of did things a bit differently. It wasn't a typical Star Wars story, but this is kind of very much a Star Wars film, the same way kind of Force Awakens was. And I think... What kind of the difference is, is that I felt that even though this was kind of like Return of the Jedi in the same way Force Awakens was kind of like a new hope, it still was different enough that I didn't feel like it was too much of a direct copy like Force Awakens was in terms of like the Death Star and all this stuff and it's just a bigger planet or whatever. Um, And I think the main pull for me was that it really does centre on... Ray and Kylo Ren's relationship, which for me throughout the new trilogy is kind of the real heart of it. And the most interesting aspect of it is their kind of relationship. And that's the focus for this film. So that's, the, that's why I think I resonated more with this one because I actually, that the relationship is what I find the most interesting. And this was, yeah, this was pretty much about them two, to be honest, more, more than anything. And uh, yes, yeah, so I think that's why I probably liked it better but it did still kind of hit all the classic Star Wars um, notes, but a little bit too much, which I know people got a bit. I don't think it was about. very original, and it did remind me in retrospect uh, of the Mission Impossible films, which obviously J.J. Abrahams is um, involved in as well. You know that one clue leads to another clue leads to another clue leads to that that kind of treasure hunt MacGuffin-driven plot. Which yeah. is still interesting, and there's always lots of action and lots of character beats and all that stuff. But when you uh, uh, like step back and think about the actual story, it I don't know how strong it is. Yeah, well, well let's talk about it just generally uh, because, and this is completely spoiler free, but um, essentially the story is is that, and this is right from the opening crawl, and you've seen it in the trailer. Is that Emperor Palpatine? What? Yeah, is in it, and he's back. And it's literally the first thing you see. And as I said, it's in the trailer. So I'm sorry, if, if you didn't even watch the trailer, then I apologise. But um, If you didn't watch the trailer, you're not listening to this. Yeah, you're not really going to be that interested. But um, <laughs> it's and it's basically them trying to find him, uh, like the good guys trying to find him in, in a nutshell. Meanwhile, Kylo Ren's kind of doing his own thing. And, well, that's kind of it. <laughs> and that's kind of like, it just leads from one thing to another, and yeah, as Tess was saying, it's kind of a series of MacGuffins, like, this, we have to get this now, so we have to go here, now we've got this, and we have to go here. And it happens really fast, there's no real break, and there are new characters that are introduced, there's new faces and old faces, and I think the main problem was a lot, and this is a lot of the criticism that's been had about it, but also I kind of agree with, is that a lot of the new faces 
were redundant, essentially. They really weren't, didn't do anything. They weren't really needed at all. Could have literally did, did, done another edit and just cut them out. Would have made absolutely no dif- difference to the plot. Yeah, so there's, um, for instance, there's Richard E. Grant, who's in it as uh, like another military empire, um, first order or whatever guy. Yeah, he was good. He was good, but again, he was just kind didn't of really do anything. <laughs> he wasn't really classic, needed. Classic, sneery, bridge of the ship, yeah, bad like dude, British. English bad dude that's eventually going to get choked around the throat probably at some point yeah and that's not a spoiler it's nothing that's that doesn't see that and um yeah so and there's also like uh kerry russell who we've been watching in the americans who uh has a mask on the whole time and she basically um again not giving away any spoilers but she's basically kind of helping out the good guys a little bit and you see that in the trailer anyway and i think she was really underserved yeah, well, as well, because she was quite, she looked quite cool and she looked like the kind of extended universe um, character uh, visual design that, you know, they have in terms of, um, she, she could be like a bounty hunter or something like that. She looked quite cool, but yeah, completely nothing. She's there to kind of serve Poe and make him a bit more interesting, really, to give him a bit more of a bat plot. Um, and that's kind of it. That's kind of why she's there. That's quite disappointing though, isn't it? Because... You know, the whole idea of they've, they've got a kind of a female character a fem- who's the kind of action hero in the centre of it. They've got Leia, who's like who's the general, who's kind of the impetus of the plot too. And then they're just like throwing in disposable love interests, which sort of harks back to another time where, you know, you, you don't hope to see that as much, I guess. Um, and it looks great. CG-ness is uh, pretty good. I think they used a lot more puppetry stuff for some of the people than than usual, um, which was good. And, yeah. They're kind of going into all the different... Because it did move at, like, breakneck speed, and each clue was obviously on a different world, which introduced you to a different setting, and they all looked phenomenal. Yeah, and, like, the little mini set pieces they had were were good. and especially like all the stuff around the emperor is really cool. And yeah, so in my opinion, I thought just because plot wise, it was a series of like just stuff just to kind of get them from A to B fine. But the emotional core was with, um, you know, Ray and Kylo Ren. And I think that did it justice and Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley were really super good. So that was great. All the people did their, you know, stuff well, I think. Like, the acting was good, I thought. It was pretty good. Um, And, but yeah, it it was a little bit weak on the... There was no real actual plot more than, as we just said, like, from the beginning, just get to the Emperor, basically. And it's like, yeah, okay. But it's a whole... And I won't go into it because that'll be spoilers. There's other reasons on a more universal scale of why they have to get there. But obviously it's like the personal side of it as well. Um, I think I was thinking about it afterwards as well. And the focal point on the main two, there's obviously an arc for both the um, Kylo Ren and um, Ray characters. But for everyone else, nothing moves forwards really. There's no arc for their characters. There's not much development in terms of what's going on with them. Yeah, Everything else is at best status yeah that's true but i also yeah i suppose because also like when you think of last jedi like finn had his own arc really with rose and 
and you know we'll kind of go into that in the spoiler thing like what happens with that but um you know he had a whole thing that you could say the force awakens was he was really like the main character really in it like oh, I, that was my lasting memory of the film that he was like the the, the star the core character. yeah and yeah he's kind of underserved in this they try and give him some bits but it's like it's Ray and it's Ray and Ren basically for, for the most part um and yeah like Poe and you know Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron whatever his name is again it's like they tr- they really try and do more here but it feels like it's a little bit too late and I think there's a lot of the stuff which they would have put in the second film had J.J. Abrams done the whole lot really properly because it felt like there was a lot of the stuff which J.J. Abrams introduced, such as, and one of my one of the things I loved about it was the Knights of Ren, who would just look like Dark Souls enemies, who looked really cool, and they weren't in The Last Jedi at all. And then they come back for this, and they look wicked, but they, again, they're only in for about... They only have screen time for about, what, 40 seconds, probably? One minute? And um, But things like that, it's like... It, they could have been built up more in the second film, had... Ryan Johnson or whatever chosen to do that, which he didn't, fine. And but it did feel like JJ Abrams was like, okay, look, all this stuff that I set up, I need to kind of, you know, kind of retrofit it a little bit. Yeah. But still kind of going yeah. on, they don't disregard anything from last well, Jedi properly. Well, the bit where it's like, you know, when I said that you come from no one, you kind of do, but dot dot dot. Yeah. And it's like they tried to wrap it up in a bow in the last episode and they obviously loop back to it in in this one. Yeah, um, that's yeah about Ray's lineage and stuff like that, which we'll get into in the spoiler bit. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of it. I don't really know what else um, much more to say about it. The sound was great. There was loads of weird cameos. A lot of the Mandalorian directors were in it randomly, um, if anyone can spot them. And John Williams is in it, actually, at one point. Um, and yeah, it's like it just looks and sounds great. Loads of money was obviously thrown at it. And it was just a a bit of a shame that it felt a bit rushed and it could have done with a bit more time in the script phase, maybe, because it does feel like it's obviously been kind of rushed to get out for, well, I don't know how long, you know, they've been taking with everything. But, um, you know, they had this hard release date of like Christmas 2019, which is now. And, um, yeah, maybe it could have done with a bit more script development, and time in that and to be honest they should have just like if they wanted Abrams to do I know they were saying oh we want to get like Colin Trevorrow and all this stuff to do the third one and have different directors and not just have Abrams do the whole trilogy like but maybe they should have just stuck with one voice though saying that there are people who think Last Jedi is amazing and the other ones were awful so I don't know what do I know Um, but yeah so that's it so I think if you liked if you like Force Awakens, I thought Force Awakens was okay. I didn't really like Last Jedi. Having seen it since and appreciated it on its own terms more than as a Star Wars movie, I've liked it more, though I think there's some bits I do have problems with. And the same can be said more for this, but I feel like they enhanced the things that I found most interesting about Force Awakens, and that's why I think it's a better movie. But when you saw Force Awakens, you were like, she's just watching the same film again. Yeah. So you've but it was, that's of, what I mean. It was okay. It was fine. You've kind of changed your opinion a little bit. I was disappointed when I saw it, but I still thought it was okay. It wasn't a bad film. I was just like, oh, it's A New Hope again. They've literally copied A New Hope 
So I came out being really annoyed about it coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you being quite angry about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was angry, but it was, um, it was you know, for good reason. It was like, the characters are great. You've got Ray and Finn, whatever. That's fine. Why do we have to have, it's like literally the line, it's like the Death Star, but a thousand times bigger. It's like, oh my God, so on the nose, like Jesus, like have, just do try to do something else. But then that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, we need another ultimate evil. We need another, like, you know, you've started with Star Wars, which was something that will go around killing planets and you can't what, kill galaxies. <laughs> like, where do you go well, from there? You, you feel like they had nowhere to go with the stakes. That's what I mean. Like nine films later or whatever, we're still basically being like, it's still a Death Star, really, a scenario of like, these planets are going to get... But I feel like the reasons that you got annoyed at the first film were kind of the same reasons that people are getting annoyed at this film. Yet you didn't find this one as self-referential or repetitive uh, or lacking of, in originality as you, you found I think the first watching. Or is it like you've been conditioned to what this new version of the universe looks like and you're in it now? Yeah, I think my bar's a lot lower now for this. But also it felt like this was a lot darker, especially like the last third act, really. It felt really dark. And I was like, cool. That was all the stuff that I liked. Like in Return of the Jedi, it was all the Ewok stuff. I don't care about that. It was like the Emperor and Vader and Luke and having these like Shakespearean, like melodramatic like moments and the background of this great war that's taking place behind them and all this and where all these things are going on and people are dying, but this is, a, this is what really matters, this crux, this relationship between these people or whatever. And, you know, at that point, Luke and his dad, that was like, yeah, that's the stuff that I like. And basically they've done that again, but instead of having Ewoks, they've got like an actual, you know, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but they've got it's Star Wars, so there's an element of war to it. But, um, yeah, and I think that's... And there are also stars, so, you know. Yes, there's stars, uh, wars and stars. And, yeah, so I think it's... I've kind of gotten used to the fact that this is what is going to happen. These are the characters. What they are going to do with it? Okay, they've at least made a satisfying conclusion to it all. And I'm just quite happy it ended that way. But, and, again, it was they focused on the Ben Kenobi slash Ray thing. Great, because that's what I cared about. If they'd done more, like, it's like, oh, it's Luke and more Luke stuff. And Luke's like a bitter old man still and... You know, oh, and was, I don't care about that. Like, we've had the Luke story as well. Right? Well, that's why people got annoyed with the second one, right? Um, that Luke was turned into some sort of, like, reclusive monk where people felt that that wasn't consistent with his character that had been established in the original film. Yeah, and that's something that will come out on the Last Jedi um, episode. But, um, yeah, I thought that, and again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the impressions that with the fact that it kind of talks about the entirety of the whole Skywalker saga and the Jedis and the Sith and all this, it's like, okay, good. Let's get to the, let's stop faffing about. Let's get to like what is actually the crux of it. Yeah. Well, do you think maybe you prefer this one more because it did focus on the new characters rather than the older characters yeah. being kind of shoehorned back in? Yeah. Because it was a new story really against the backdrop of old stories. And I thought, I genuinely thought it was interesting. I thought the acting was good and I believed it. So 
for me, it's like when people are like, oh, I don't, that was blah, 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 but, you know, Ray and Ren were good, but and all this, it's like, well, yeah, that's what I was watching. I was watching that. So, like, when everyone's like, yeah, but it just didn't, it's like, yeah, but I wasn't really paying attention. Like, yeah, all the rest of it, you're correct in thinking all that was superfluous, great. But the main emotional pull of what was going on there, I found really satisfying and I really enjoyed it and that's why I think it's the best of the three. And what do you think it was about their relationship or their that dynamic that sold it to you this time they didn't the last time? Well, I can't do that without getting into spoilers, really. But it was yeah. more that it was just like... Broad brushstroke. It's just that because their relationship has been building over the last three films, um, that it's, you know, it's kind of like the Vader thing with Luke where it's like trying to find, like, the light side. The fact that it's like, you know, he's messed up and what happened, you know, when he killed Han in the first film, spoilers for The Force Awakens, <laughs> um, you know, that really messed his head up and he's still trying to kind of get to grips with that and he hasn't. And I like that. I like that inner turmoil that it's like, you know, and there's the element of like, and especially in Last Jedi, which is the dark side, don't want him really, like don't think he's good enough. And the light side, don't think he's good enough. So he's he can't make anyone happy, basically. And it's he keep, he's done something like completely brutal that's messed him up. And yet, you know, and she's she can kind of see that within him and the fact that, you know, they talk about finding hope in the galaxy and it's all about hope and stuff. That is, that the whole of this trilogy is Kylo Ren and her finding the hope within him is the whole point of trying to find the good in the evil of the galaxy, basically. So their relationship is pretty much symbolic of the entire trilogy, new one at least, or nine, or all nine, the Skywalker saga, as they're now calling it. Well, in the the Force in general, there's a light side, which obviously she represents, and a dark side, which he represents, though there's sort of fluctuations within that for each character. Yeah. Um, and as as acting, did it? they sell it to you? Yeah, why not? I think so. I mean, we talked about this. You were saying how, like, if it was anyone else playing kylo ren you know it's it's a hard um character to act out and to make it believable and also to kind of you know have that emotional pull um and gravitas to it that adam driver was able to give like because he's he's not a he's not a stereotypically good looking guy or anything like that and over the course of the films he's like he's now scarred <laughs> you know he's and they've he looks like he's got paler if at all um and, but, it, you know, he's not, he, you know, when he comes in and he's saying things, you believe him and that's a sign of a character. Yeah, I guess I was thinking, like, you, those that sort of dialogue, that sort of fantastical script could quite easily tip into ridiculous unless mm. you've got someone that's all in, like 100% committed behind it and can really mm. sell it. But we've seen that stuff in the hands of a less, a less good actor and that's like Hayden Christensen right and it it literally becomes laughable when you're watching it so I think it's a kind of testament to his his yeah and also I think having Lucas not write the script it's probably probably helps as well yeah to have conversations about how much he hates sand um so yeah I guess that's kind of the review now um so yeah I think we both enjoyed it I really liked it um and I think you did as well, right? Yeah. 
I'd say I quite liked it. Quite liked it. Okay, that's that's the uh, <laughs> the review there. So now we're going to take a break and we'll get into the spoilerific spoilers. So make sure that you've seen the film and you know, or if you haven't seen the film, that you're just happy to hear about all the stuff that goes on in it. I'm going to be honest. I think that anyone out there who has watched all the Star Wars will be able to um, pretty much predict everything that happens in it. So I won't be too worried. Um, and even if you've got a general sense of Star Wars and you're like, I don't want to watch this one, I think you will still be able to predict how it how it goes. I think that sums up the reason that a lot of people didn't like it right there. Yeah, well, exactly, that's true. Um, okay, so, yeah, be back in one minute. Bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So now we're going to get into the spoilerific part of uh, talking about Rise of Skywalker. And so if you, as we were saying before, if you haven't seen it, then go and watch it and then listen to this. Or if you don't care, then feel free to keep listening. Anything else? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, let's kind of just go through the film as it happens, because a lot does happen right right from the uh, right from the top. So we kind of, we open out basically with the scroll, which basically says that Emperor... I love it when the scroll comes up, don't you? Yeah, it's very exciting. Fucking awesome. Massive. Um, Star Wars sign, yeah. Yeah, the thing. music. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And we saw an IMAX as well, which helps. Yeah, good seats right in the middle. Yeah. Prime. Do they usually put everyone's names in capitals? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, Palpatine yeah. is back. <laughs> Liar! Yeah, no, they do. They put the, yeah, for some <laughs> like, reason... Okay, the, calm down. Yeah, for some reason they put all the... It's like the equivalent of hitting bold or whatever. These are the people, that, you know, it's a, you know... <laughs> You're reading it, and if you're whizzing through it, you'll know who's involved. So basically, Palpatine has put out a broadcast, apparently, saying, like, what was he saying? That like, he's back, and like, the, the First Order is going <laughs> to kill you. I'm back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back in the hood. Yeah. Look, look, he's back. And then <laughs> it's got, um, and then Kylo Ren is looking for Palpatine because he's now the Supreme Leader because he's taken over from Snoke. He's now after Palpatine to kill him. 
so that I guess he has no enemy, whatever, fine. And I think Ray and Leia are trying to find him as well. A lot of finding. A lot of people yeah, trying finding. To find, everyone's trying to find Palpatine. Everyone's trying to find each other. Yeah. To find Palpatine. Everyone's trying to find Palpatine. And so, yeah, so it starts off and then you've basically got, I thought this is quite a cool opener, but Ray, uh, Ray, sorry, but Kylo Ren is basically on this planet in slow-mo killing all these people. He's such a bad guy. There's no one spoke yet. There's no one, no one speaks for like the first, I would say five minutes maybe. Mm. Really? Well, until, until he meets Palpatine, spoiler. But um, yeah, so he finds this like, uh, what's it called? Like a pr- prism? What would it be if it's like yeah. a 3D triangle? A prism? Pyramid. Pyramid. Well, it's kind of a pyramid, yeah, whatever. It's quite a triangle for the moment. Because I can't <laughs> to get it wrong. And it's got a map on it. So he like follows the map. He goes to, and it's just him as well. So he goes to this, um, you know, where the emperor is basically hanging out. And as he's walking through. We're saying like, we don't know how he knows where this triangle is. We don't know why someone would take the triangle, bury the triangle. Yeah. Why there's it? Defend yeah. the triangle. Completely no idea. Yeah, it's just the, and it's just a triangle. It's a spurious triangle. It's basically a map. Yeah, it's a map, pretty much. And then, I mean, again, Rise of Skywalker was all about that. So Kylo Ren finds Palpatine, and he's like, "Right, I'm going to kill you." And it's they've got all these like hooded people, um, and it's interesting because it harks back to the end because there's all these people in hoods. But these guys look quite cool because they've got like it's like their faces are bandaged up. So I imagine that this is these are the people who are in the crowd at the end. And, yeah, we'll jump to the end here, obviously. Yeah. Um, but... So, so, like, starting from it, Kylo Ren kind of finds Palpatine's lair, which is on, like... Yeah, and it's cool kind of like a lab. It's a bit like a te- technological thing kind of going on, which is interesting. It goes back to that whole, like, Star Wars thing of, like, you know, nature versus technology and things like that. So, yeah, this is quite, kind of like an underground lab, but it's all, like, really dark and there's loads of smoke and it's all these quite cool colours as well I thought it was really um, it just looked great it's quite scary I thought looking yeah it's, it's a little bit of horror children in the screening it was like mm, what's about this yeah it looks very like yeah it looks very much you know like people when people talk about Empire Strikes Back all that they say that's you know the fact that it was directed by Ivan Kirshner whatever he's a proper um, director not that George Lucas isn't but as in like he's an established director whatever um, <laughs> George Lucas is not an established director <laughs> yeah well um, yeah <laughs> to take Lucas or whatever and then they but it was all to do with the colours if you look at the colour palette of what happens in Empire Strikes Back it's great basically and that's part of the reason why it just looks amazing but also they it's great it is great but it's you know you think about when Han is getting um, put into the thing in the underground bit and then you know Vader and Luke have their fight all those colours are great and this is very this opening is very similar to all that so Finds Palpatine. Palpatine's like, yo, what's up? I'm alive. And So what did you think about how Palpatine looked? So he looked really cool because he was all like, he was basically, yeah, like Frankenstein's monster a little bit. He literally looked like a corpse, <laughs> like a corpse that had woken up, which essentially is, I guess, what he what he is. But like his like fingers had burnt off, you guess, from like all that electrical stuff that happened at the end of Return of the Jedi or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, he's he's just messed up. Like his skin is coming off, whatever, and all this. And he's still got the hood, obviously, and all that. Um, but it's clearly him. And and what's his name again? The actor Ian McDermott or something like that. But he's the only person that's been across all well all trilogies because he's not really in the other ones or the new ones. But um, he's fantastic, amazing voice, great actor, so much better than 
Snoke. Um, yeah. Well, fake. Having a CG. Having a CG. I just don't buy into it. It's it's never actually scary. Yeah. Whereas, um, like, what they rely on with... I assume the CG enhanced, but, you know, effectively makeup, lighting, yeah. mood, acting, yeah. sound is vastly superior and yeah. actually a bit scary. Yeah. I mean, his, like, eyes are all, like glazed over like he's got glaucoma or whatever he's blind and he's just like an absolute mess he's like a literally like dead and he's basically like okay i've got and this is kind of where this is and it starts to already lose it a little bit he's like i've got all these ships and i'm gonna create something called the last order and we're gonna kill the planet and i want you to rule it and so it kind of ends like cool i'll do that and he's like well no wait wait hold on hold on I need you to go out and find that girl, Ray, and you got a killer. And he's like, and then I get to be the leader of all these new ships. He's like, yeah, okay, so that, okay, cool. So that's the deal that they've set up. But during that, he's also like, you know, he, he says like, I made Snoke, and not like, you know, like a gangster thing, as in like he physically made him. And they, they even have a shot of like a tank with like twenty Snokes in or something, which is yeah, just a bit or weird. Like malformed ones, yeah. the aliens. Like he's just plucked out. So I guess one of the questions we were talking about this afterwards is that is was he like channeling through Snoke or was it like he created Snoke and it was like, here's a Sith thing that I've made and this is why he looks all messed up anyway. Now you go. So is he like a sentient thing or is he like controlled by the, like literally controlled by the Emperor, not like he's like a Sith and like has, you know what I mean? So is he like a puppet or an entity in itself? Yeah. Who knows? Well, that's so what I mean, but what do you... Not really answered. So, like... I would assume uh, if... Because the fact that he takes on can... the voice when he's talking to him, he takes on the Andy Serkis's voice, and he's like, I'm all the voices you hear in your head, and he also uses Vader's voice as well. Mm. But he wasn't Vader, so I'm not sure that works. No, I guess. Um, I would assume, like, if droids can have their own personality and... Um, so you think he was essentially like a clone... Thing. Yeah, like they created him in a lab, but... But why would they only create one and they've got like another eight just sitting there and they haven't used it? Why would, well, that one didn't work, did it? That's what I mean. So why haven't they sent out another one? But he's like, it's all right, I'm, I'm cool now, actually. I'll just come out and I'll just do my own thing now. It's like, well, I've got to get involved. Back in the game. So basically that's how the film starts. So you see these... That's another thing I had. So you've got all these shit, like tons of these Star Destroyers. And it's one of those things where it's like, who who made them? Oh, so you were hung up, hung up on like? No, I wasn't really hung up on it. I was like, okay, cool, loads of star destroyers, and it, and like, I was, I was thinking at that time they're just ships floating, like, and I was thinking he's got all this like lab stuff going on. He's clearly got all these workers. There's a whole thing kind of going on here, and you know he's obviously like dark side, or whatever, and all this. But you know, it's like when people say, how how do you make another Death Star? Like it would take literally like what was it? Someone worked it out, and it's like. $1.5 trillion and like what, what 500 years or something to actually make um, a Death Star. But and then he's made all these Star Destroyers. That's fine. Star Wars is made up great. But what, but the kind of question was who, who's in them? Like, are they just empty at the moment? Well, the staff later. I don't know what his hiring and firing policy is. That's what like, I mean. Where does he advertise? How does he get people? Because the only one... Is he reading CV? Because they're not staffed later. There's only one that's staffed, and that's one that came from the First Order. So is it literally that these ships are just big weapons that are just, like, drones, essentially? 
No, because they need to be... Oh, but they need to be directed by the main ship. Yeah, right? well, that's fine, which is staffed, which has people in it or so whatever. So maybe they are like drones, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the only thing I could come up with, because I was like, well, who's in them? But then he seemed to have a shit ton of people working for him at the end, so yeah. it's not also like true. he was, um, you know, light on the ground when it comes to, comes to staff. Yeah, there's a lot of Sith in this place. But um, I like the way they actually, like, broke through the ground, as in, like, they'd been being, what, they were, bearing, like, they've been there forever, or, like... They were made underground and now they're like cracking through the surface of this planet yeah. or something. Um, he's keeping them on the lowdown. Yeah, I suppose. But it doesn't matter. No one knows where he is anyway. Well, a lot <laughs> They're of trying people, to find him. People live on that planet. That's true, yeah. So that was quite interesting. But end of day, I was like, I'm not going to be too much into this. It's just cool. He's got this massive fleet that's bigger than the First Order. It's called the Last Order. He's going to go around. He's going to destroy the galaxy. Fine. This is kind of maybe a stupid point. But like... Who set this all up? Like he, so he. The last time we saw him, he was falling through a crack in the earth, whatever, right? No, he was on the Death Star. He was on the old Death Star, and he fell into like the reactor or whatever of the Death Star. Right. So then, what happened? <clears throat> well, then the Death Star got blown up for whatever reason in Return yeah. of the Jedi. No, but I mean, like, and then what are we supposed to imagine happened to him? Well, he, we well, it's supposed to be that he was dead, right? But we didn't see him die. He just fell through. But in, okay, yeah, uh, understood. He but got like, picked up by Vader and he still got his electrical yeah. fingers like, going off. But in, in his new imagined reality, what literally what happened? Well, I guess that he crashed... Well, we see the Death Star later that they were on that crashed in this into the sea of this other planet or whatever. And then, well, this is... He also says, like... I mean, you're right. He also... How did he get from there to the Sith world or whatever? Fine, don't know. But then... He's like, oh, the dark side is, has unnatural ways of keeping you alive or whatever and things like that. So, and they do kind of hint at this in Revenge of the Sith and all this. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you think of Vader, stuff. he's like mostly machine or whatever by the end, yeah, right? Yeah, which Emperor kind of is, is hooked up to this cool machine, which I don't think you see really properly at this point. You only see it really at the end. When he's I only like, really noticed it at the end. When he's in like that Assassin's Creed film, remember where it had the thing attached yeah. to um, Fassbender? It's like that. But um, I think, and yeah, they talk about Revenge of the Sith where they, they, if you basically are so in tune with the dark side, you can't die. Like you uh, defeat death, essentially. And so they do kind of hint at it. And if you remember, there's a, that part in Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine, who is human, speaking to Hayden Christensen and says like, oh, there was an old Sith Lord once who had managed to like defy death. And you think that he's talking about him because you know mm. he becomes the Emperor. Um, but yeah, within the extended universe and stuff, there's like... There's yeah, no, I'm getting that. But like, okay, so take Darth Vader for an example. Like the... Palpatine made him into Darth Vader. He was the one sorting that out for him. Like, who's sorting that out for Palpatine? Who's the... Is there someone behind him? Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't really allude to that. It's probably just all these, like, weird Silent Hill bandaged people that are... Minions. ...looking after him. Um, so that's the opening of the film, and that's, like, the first, like, seven minutes or so. So then we get into... Is that all it was? Yeah. Stuff happens so quick in this film. Yeah, that was, it was really fast. Um, so then we're straight into another set piece where the Millennium Falcon is trying to pick up some information about a spy or something in the First Order. And they're like, okay, and then, uh, the TIE fighters are coming quick, we'll get the stuff. And the guy's like, 
hey, just win the war for us, guys. So they put it into R2. And then there's a cool, I quite liked this Millennium Falcon um, chase scene. Uh, but they basically <laughs> escape and run away and they find out that, yeah, there's someone in the first order who's a spy. Right, great. Yeah. So then we cut to, and this is quite, <laughs> it's quite funny um, in, a, in a horribly morbid way, but you got to raise training right and she's surrounded by rocks and she's like oh you know i'm trying to use the force and whatever and leia's there and the idea is that leia is training her up now there's that i was saying to you afterwards about there's that south park episode where they use isaac hayes's voice as chef and they do it in a funny sarcastic way of like having people go oh you know you went on holiday isn't that right chef and you did this and that and you've come back to do this yep and now that you're back you just want to do blah blah blah, blah, blah. isn't that right chef that's right, <laughs> whatever, and things like that. And I feel like they've got this weird, unnatural dialogue between Ray and Leia and everyone, like, talking around it or trying to say things that would spur her to, to for them to use this Yeah, they've got dialogue. some, like, puzzle pieces, which is obviously footage of Kate Fisher or something they can work with, and they're having to create a picture around those pieces and... Yeah. It feels very disjointed. Yeah, well, they've said it's stuff from The Last Jedi, basically. I think from Force Awakens as well, that it's all, yeah, all stuff on the cutting room floor. But, yeah, so they have this, like, weird conversation um, and, you know, Leia's trying to train Rey and Rey's like, I'm just going to go on this obstacle course. And this is one of the other things that bugs me, and they did, they did it in the um, prequels as well, is that the little the little ball, the, the blast shield helmet and the little ball... Right, mm. which we see in the first Star Wars film, is supposed to be that's just lying around in the Falcon. Not like this is a Jedi training thing that Alec Guinness just has with him or whatever. It's not a thing. It's something that is like there around and he's using the blast shield helmet thing because it's it's on the Falcon and it's like, here's just some quick training I can do with you with these bits around that will help you use the Force. Well, if it's good enough for Luke... But that's what I mean. But it's not like this. It's not like it didn't feel like when you watched that first film. This is official Jedi training equipment. Well, I don't know that there is official Jedi. But training in the equipment. prequels, you've got it with the little kids, the little baby oh, well. Jedi's, where they've got the helmet things and the little balls are zapping, and they're like, ding, ding, ding. and it's like, and again, they do it here, where it's like she's wearing the helmet and there's a little ball front, and it's like, it's not a thing. Like it's that's stop a really making it a thing, thing to get. <laughs> Head up on. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like nothing's like do something new and original. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Fair. Like the whole point is that that little bit there was you know, not something that was like, oh, it's law. It's law. This is how they did it. It was like, no, it just felt like it was a natural thing. Like if there's like an official thing like this, then make it an official thing. Don't just keep copying. So it's like, oh, they did it in this film. So we'll just do that again. It's like, well, no, you know. Well, you can look at it one of two ways. Right? I'm sure people look at it like look at it and like being like, oh, you know, I'm in the know. I know that Luke did that in the first film, and then the Jedi kids did it in the whatever film, and that's what part of the reason it's in there, right? It's like yeah, self, that's what I mean. It's just fan, it's just fan service. Yeah, and it's and that's what I mean. Why people get annoyed about it, and I get annoyed about it as well because it's like just we don't want to stop dredging up the same stuff. Make it even look different. Why is it? A, why is it still a ball? Like make it something else. Like make it look a bit more like you know they've actually constructed something that's 
whatever. Anyway, she does her training and, um, you know, she's using a lightsaber. And then this bit's quite cool because um, she gets like a bit angry, basically. And she starts chopping down trees because she gets annoyed that she can't hit this ball thing. And it's kind of like a little first hint at the fact that she's, um, you Dark know, way. yeah, there's like a, there's an element of darkness to her. It's also kind of happening at the same time as um, uh, Kylo Ren's like looking at, I think it's the Darth Vader helmet or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, so it's kind of happening at the same time as that. So they're kind of pushing that whole, the connection that they have. And so then Ray is basically like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Hi, um, Leia, you know, I've still got to do my training and stuff. And she's like, here's Luke's lightsaber. And she's like, oh yeah, cool, thanks, thanks. And then she's reading the Jedi manuals, which she nicked from Last Jedi, which was hinted at, but never really actually said. And she she's literally looking at a page with the triangle thing as you know, in this shot. And it's like, oh, okay, look, it's that triangle thing. Uh, that we just saw like five seconds ago, which is now going to be super important. It just happens to be on this page that she's looking at. And they fly back. Um, this film does rely on a lot of coincidence yeah. to keep it moving. Yeah. And bear in mind, we're only 14 minutes in now. And basically Poe and the rest of the guys come back and they're like, and they have this bit of a funny thing. And like Poe and Ray, bear in mind, they only just met at the end of Last Jedi. And well, he's I getting really. That, and he's getting like really shitty with her. Like, you, you should have helped us. Like, why are you training here? Like, we need you in the skies. It's like, to do what? What good was she? You're supposed to be like the best pilot or whatever in the galaxy. So you just wanted what? Her to drive. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? And um, this little like to and fro thing they have, it's like they're trying to establish that they've got. They've got more of a relationship. They're more comfortable in each other's company now since the last two films because they didn't spend any time together on screen whatsoever. And they're the kind of the Han and Leia versions, aren't they? So they're going to have this sort of like slightly combative relationship. Yeah. I mean, he is supposed to be like the Han version. I don't know if she's supposed to be like quite... She's not the layer to his hand, really. There's no... I never felt like there was, like, a romantic kind no, of... No, like, the romance is directed more towards Finn, but in terms of the characters they represent, like... Otherwise, it would just be they all get along great all the time. All yeah. Them. Well, it's just so there just needs to be... Like, they're just trying to establish some sort of tension, right? Yeah, I guess also, like, with Last Jedi, one of the things um, about it is that Poe is just, like, really hot-headed... And he's a bit of a dick, basically. Like, he he just thinks he's right all the time. He's really fucking arrogant. And they try to make him likeable and he's a bit like, whatever. But again, he just comes across like this whole, like, angry, like, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm just, don't, you know, I'm just stomping around like a child, basically. And it's like, she's doing Jedi shit, mate. She's doing Jedi stuff. Bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Can you just do what? You wanted her to fly to get some information on the thing? You don't need to co-pilot. Just do it by yourself. Exactly. And then, and anyway, it's like, okay, fine. So she's got Finn and Chewie or whatever. So they have this little bit on the rebellion case and they're like, oh, okay, we've got to like, you know, they've figured out this spy or whatever they found. But I don't really understand what happens at this bit, actually. They have a discussion about something or other. I don't really know. But then they all like get around together and they're talking about how I think they found out about that they found Palpatine or something. I think the spy stuff has come down that they've know they now know about the last order. They must do. They must know it by now, because yeah, this is why they're such a thing. Yeah. So I guess the spy information is that they've found 
Well, no, it's that there is a spy. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I think now we're getting the spy info. Oh, right, yeah. That was downloaded onto R2, not just that there is a spy, because we already knew that. Mm. And I guess it's that now they're talking about Palpatine and the, the Last Order. So now they're discussing about what they need to do next and all this. And and this is one of those things where it's like, okay, it's, we've got whatever that creature was from the first film, Mag- Magda, whatever her name was, the small orange thing. She's oh, God. she's now what, like a big deal in the rebellion now, resistance, whatever. She's one of the 10 people that are in the resistance. So bring her back. Don't need her. Literally don't need her. There's a hundred other people could do that, but fine. Okay. Cause you introduced in force awakens. You want it to be a thing. Fine. And then you've got, and you know, poor old Rose is hanging around. And oh, Rose just like gets like, wheel. like Rose looks pissed off at the whole thing, and rightly so because she's just like thrown out in the trash. Essentially, she's it's like you're not sideways. part of this film. <laughs> you're not part of this film. We're just kind of doing a nice little nod. The whole romantic relationship that's supposed to be built up between her and Fit is gone. Basically, like it doesn't I mean, even get broached. Mildly hint at it with a few looks. He literally gives her a slap on the back and he's like, cheers, see you, love. Yeah, it's like, you sure you don't want to come with us night? Definitely a night. All right, see you later, Rose. See you. Have a good one. And, yeah, and so anyway, like, it's something like Ray gives the lightsaber back to Leia. Leia has now given it back to Ray or whatever. This Luke's lightsaber is now getting handed around like a hot potato. And, She's suddenly like, oh, I was just reading about this triangle thing, actually. Luke almost, uh, Luke told me in Last Jedi, you didn't see it. You didn't see it, but it did, definitely <laughs> did happen. He, he told me in Last Jedi that, it was, you know, when we were training for the time I was there, like five minutes on his island, that he almost felt, it's like, well, he said, oh, well, hold on, why was he? So he knew Palpatine was alive. Kept that quiet. Didn't really, you know, didn't he think like when he did his force thing yeah, that, you know. Exactly, deal with it. Exactly. So, like, so, so okay, well, he's like, I couldn't find him, so I can't, you know, it's probably fine. Big job, not up for it. Not I did, for it. I got to the, the planet though. got to the planet and found the ship, but oh, there's just nothing around. Oh, well, I guess I'll just go to that island and just chill. Yeah. Good job, I can't sense anything. Yeah. And um, so she's like, yeah, you almost found it, so we need to go back to that planet. And Leia's like, uh, do what you want then. So she's like, I'm going to go by myself. And everyone's like, no, we have to go as a group. And then it's like, Rose, just stay here, please. C-3PO goes. I don't really know. I can't really remember why, but she's gone anyway. He's part of the gang. He's the group. Yeah, but is he? Why is R2 yeah. not coming? Oh, no, because he's Leia's thing. thing. So now we've got this cool bit where Kylo Ren gets his helmet put back together and it's got these cool, like, red cracks in it. By a gorilla. Yeah, by a little um, ape. And... You know, again, it's that, you know, the, the helmet representing his cracked personality and blah, 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 and all this stuff, the mask, um, which is quite interesting. And then you see a bit more of the Knights of Ren, who just look amazing. And I think they actually say that. We then see the head of the guy who gave them the information, uh, gave the good guys, sorry, the information about the spy at the beginning. And Kylo Ren's like, you know, oh, we've got a spy here. And this is where you see Hux, you see Richard E. Grant, and then it was quite a cool bit where this guy's like, oh, what are we supposed to do? Like, you know, what what does the emperor want with all these ships? Blah, 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 blah. This guy, it's quite logical questions. And if you think about the first Star Wars where he gets him in like a chokehold, Kylo Ren just basically does the same thing, but throws him against the ceiling and then the wall. And I was like, that's quite cool because the way like Darth Vader would have done it very like gently like Kylo Ren is just flat out like just angry constantly he's like he's also like super impulsive like he's meant to be I don't know what's he called leader of the supreme leader supreme leader 
he just sacks them off all the time and goes off and he's like merry little jaunts. Yeah. He's like, no, don't need the rest of you. Doesn't take anything with him. Just like, no, just going to yeah. take this one. Just me. Mano, mano, I'm off. Yeah, well, why See not? you later, lads. You can look after it. Yeah, it's your problem now. Um, we've got all those ships. It's great. I'm, I'm doing you a favour. So then they go to this planet and they find out there's some like festival thing happening. And then I think this is quite nice in the sense of bit more lighthearted at the moment like it's and it feels like it takes a bit of a break here a little bit plot wise a little bit just for a second where <laughs> yeah, it's just like a brief a brief yeah. breather let's enjoy the festivities and let's show some like star wars cultural stuff here's like some here's another planet and here's some cool culture which you know you haven't seen before mm. and it's it's a bit that levity is quite nice there's a you know they make a few jokes and whatever and there's also that element of like she's you know and I thought it was quite cool, you know, yeah, she's watching like the little puppet show and all this. That was nice. Someone says about what's your family name. She's like, I don't have a family name. And the way it's delivered is that she's cool with it. It's fine. And, but also it's kind of reminding you that she's like, she doesn't feel like she belongs or anything. I also felt like there's all these like children having a lovely time. It was like. It's oh, a childhood she never yeah, had. Yeah. They're having this fantastic she just had this miserable, lonely existence as like a slave or whatever. Yeah, scavenger. And then there's a cool bit where it turns turns dark and now she's kind of speaking to Kylo Ren and he's like... And, and one of the things I love about this film as well is that um, they totally went with the mask, full hog. And the whole... I said this to you before, the whole aesthetic of Kylo Ren, his mask, his voice, the way he looks is super cool. And they hardly used it in Force Awakens, really. They didn't use it at all in Last Jedi, and now they're like fully committed to him like being in the mask for these these bits at least. And I think he looks really cool, and I love it. So how do they talk to each other? Like they're not. So it's it seems to happen at moments where neither one of which are controlling it. I don't know. Like, what's the rules to? Women? I don't know. Because they can't do it all the time. So they they're not yeah. doing it on purpose. Yeah, well, they're not. I don't know. If, I think they might be doing it on purpose. Like, I think Kylo's doing well, it on purpose like their here. Version of a Skype. A little bit, a little bit. Well, if you remember in Last Jedi, like Snoke was like, I was the one that was connecting you two. Yeah. So maybe it's like left over from that. And I don't know if again the Emperor has something to do with them being able to do this as well, because he says something like, "Oh, I knew you'd bring her to me." Mm. Well, yeah, he asked her to him too. No, he asked him to kill her. I don't think he did. I think he said killer, didn't he? Uh, I thought it was killer, but whatever. Um, well, I'm not really sure how it works, but I felt like Kylo Ren was kind of calling her here and just being like, "Oh, you know, you've uh, I've offered you, yeah, and so I've offered you my hand before. You didn't take it. You're going to take it next time. Now, you know, we're gonna because she's like, oh, you work for Palpatine, and he's like, oh, I've got my own shit going on. Like, don't you worry. No, we're a side hustle. Exactly. There's, there's you know, yeah, there's more to it than I what say. you might think. Like, I'm a bad guy, right? Like, bad guys. We, we all bad stuff each other. Let's, let's take it for granted. Yeah. Let's, let's, we'll see what happens. So then they find out that she's on this um, planet by basically stealing the beads off her. So now there's that element of, like, and they kind of did this Last Jedi as well, where they can, there's like a physical thing. They can kind of, like, almost mould into each other's, worlds which is quite interesting and comes into play as well a bit later um so now uh, they're like on the planet and they're like oh we have to get away they get saved by lando carusian i think his name is who if you notice on his walking stick it's actually cloud city it's a little cloud city at the top and he's like yeah leia got into contact with me 
and I'm going to help you guys out, basically. Yeah. Here's where the ship was. I was with Luke when he found this ship. So all these things kind of make Lots sense. Of coincidence. But yeah, it's, but it's like, okay, like, I guess. Um, but also it's like, it didn't, it didn't need to be Lando. It's just like, here's Lando. You remember him? So and it's like, okay. They have Lando and they have the script and they need to... And Lando's alive. We can use him. We don't use... He's not Billy D or whatever. He's not doing anything. Um, but again, it's like... And he's cool. Yeah. And gives it a bit of gravitas. Yeah. Know? And he's not really used, but um, that much either. I but quite liked I, him in it. I quite liked him in it as well. It just kind of gave it a bit more... He doesn't like Lando. Everyone yeah, loves Lando. Exactly. He was quite cool in it. So anyway, they're like, okay, we've got to get to this ship. So as they're trying to get to the ship... The stormtroopers come, and then there's this cool chase scene where they're on like the um, what are they called? Like the one well, of the bikes, essentially, um, through the desert. And this is the stuff that kind of they had released already. Um, it's like a little special, uh, special bit before the film came out. And this is quite cool. It's a cool little action bit, I thought. And again, they can fly. Yeah, they've got jetpacks, which people who like maybe play Battlefront and all that stuff will know that's not really too much of a new thing, but. Um, yeah, so they get caught in this, like, quicksand stuff. Mm. And I was like, okay, so they're dead. But they don't. They just kind of, they kind of go, well, you, you don't find out immediately, but they basically go to the bottom and they come out fine. And I was like, I was trying to think, like, how was that? What was the point of that? How does that work? And then it's like the snake slayer. Yeah. But it's like, what happened if there was not a tunnel right underneath it? Would have been dead. That's what I mean. So it's like, oh. They just all happen to land above. Or maybe that's the how the snake catches its prey. Yeah, maybe that would make more sense. Um, but also, I was like, how does it stay up? Did you feel? Like, oh, I don't know. How does quicksand work? There's a bottom to it, I imagine. Um, anyway, so like, I didn't really feel like any of those characters were really in any real jeopardy. Did you? No. What when they fell down the thing? Well, when they did anything really, but this is just a first oh. example of it. Like, you know, you're meant to think, oh, that's it, they're all dead then. Yeah. But you don't, obviously you don't, because... And I think that's part of the problem, because no one dies. Yeah, but if that like, happened even, in any film, at, like, half hour in, you're not going to think, oh, they might actually... No, 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 true, but I'm just if saying... If it happened that, to, like, one person, and they made a big thing of it, I'd, I would be like, oh, fuck, maybe they're actually dead. It's the end of a thing. I don't know, like, a couple of bits later, I'm like, I'm not really worried, because they never really kill anyone. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, they're not going to kill off the new people. Also true. That would just mean that because of what they're doing, like, they're bringing people back constantly. Yeah. Like, that's all these three films are doing. They're, like, constantly well, bringing thought, people back. They bring think... back, they bring Lair back, they bring Hamburg, and then they're gone again. But they're not really gone, but they're kind of gone. And then I just feel like, does that remove any... I think for me, it does remove a certain like emotional attachment to anyone because it's like, yeah, they're gone. Eh, they're not really gone. No one's ever really gone. Yeah, but you can say that with why is it specific to Star Wars? Like when I think like there's loads of stuff like Indiana Jones and quicksand. I'm not. No, you're you're fixating on this quicksand thing. I'm just saying that as an example of the fact that you don't feel any real jeopardy for the cavern. Yeah, but you can say about like Fast and Furious. And, um, yeah, yeah, you could. That would be one of my criticisms <laughs> of the Fast and the Furious franchise. But I'm just saying like. I think that's why it removes any real like from this film because I don't you don't think anything's really going to happen to them. I don't know. I think when it came to the end. Okay, well, just bear that thought in mind when we go through other scenes, and I'll say, "Did you actually think Cameron Poe ever was going to die?" Then, and you'll be like, "No." Cameron Poe. 
Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Yeah, isn't there an actor called Cameron? <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like a name. Um, so then we come back to Rebellion Base, it's got a pretty much, um, it's trying to give it a bit of a funny bit with Leia, because then they didn't want to, basically they had to put something in because they didn't want them to immediately fall through <laughs> on the next shot. They're like, ah, <laughs> and we're okay. Um, but that's basically what happens, there's about 30 seconds of Leia in between. Well, no, there's the... There's that, oh, right, I'm going to tell you something with Finn bit. Oh, that's true, yeah. Tell you what, uh, nothing, I'll tell you later. Which they never say. You only just presume it's going to be like, I love you. I love you so much. But never say it. Um, and so they're in this underground tunnel, fine, and then there's a, there's a funny bit where she holds up her lightsaber to light the way and he holds up his torch and it's like... Did you uh, like that? Um, I was a bit like... And Red Letter Media say this, when anyone brings up their lightsaber and turns it on, it needs to be at, like, a, a point where it's a last resort. Why does a lightsaber need to be a last resort? Because that makes it more special when it's turned on. So oh. if you look at the original Star Wars films... It's not finite, is it? No, but it doesn't have to... No, but it's in terms of the audience. So oh. if you look at the original Star Wars films... When a lightsaber comes on, you're always like, shit, now shit's going to get down. Yeah. In Phantom Menace, a lightsaber happens within the first 45 seconds and it doesn't stop and there's constant lightsabers. And that's why whenever you see people with lightsabers, by the end of that trilogy, you're like, doesn't matter. But there's one point where the robot guy's got like 20 spinning at once and you're just like, but that's why, and they do it a bit with this, but when she's using it to light the way, I'm just like, don't. Like you don't have to do that. He's got a torch. He's got a torch. You're literally using it as a a gag. Yeah, exactly. You're literally using it as a gag, which is kind of fine, but it does take away from the emphasis that using your lightsaber should have. Does that make sense? You should use it very, very sparingly. And so having it here, I was a bit like, and how much light does it give off to light the way? Really, it isn't like actually a directional torch. Still, so they go. They're walking around. And, um, yeah, they come across, uh, basically, the speed cruiser thing that mm. belonged to the Jedi killer whose ship they were looking for. Ugh. Blah, 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 blah. And then they find a dagger. And this is where it's... This is, oh, this is the problem I had, really, with all this. Like, why did they just find the map and they just couldn't read the map or something like that? Why does uh, it have to be, like, the dagger to find the map? It's such a... It's, it's like an these more obstacles in the way. stage in between, I guess, to... Well, enough another little mini adventure. Exactly. That'd be like a more efficient way of doing this, but still. So they find this dagger and it's like, I don't know what this says. C3P reads and he's like, oh, it's Sith, but I can't tell you what it means because it's like to do my computing. Sorry. No, what do you mean? That I can't read it because I'm not allowed to speak Sith. I can read it. Yeah, cool. But I'm not allowed to say it. Can't tell you guys. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, 3PO? So, and again, it's just like, oh, you've just made another expositional, like, obstacle for yourself to make... To delay it even further. Guy as well that they've been trying to hide. Did he have the prism? And then he's written the clue to where it was on a dagger, so he doesn't forget. Like, if you went backwards, it's like why has he even got a sequence of events there that he doesn't think? It's only it's only a couple of lines. Like maybe I'll just remember it. Seems like it's probably a big deal. I know where it is. uh, (laughs) I'm gonna engrave it. I'm going to get someone to engrave it officially on a, on a dagger. just feels weird. Well, it's also like there's an element where you're just like, I mean, where it ends up being, it's just like, oh, it's next to the Emperor's chair and the Death Star that got hit down. It's like, do you need a, a map? Well, not it. a map, like they're looking for the map, as in do you need a dagger with all the bits that you will come on to later? 
to tell you to look in the most where that is. Place. Yeah. Fine. But again, it's just adding an extra layer. I'm like, it's not needed, but I'm like, I've bought in. I don't really care. When, when you're, the thing is, we're making it sound really bad, but like when you're in it, when you're watching it, you're not really, I mean, this bit, I was a bit like, that's ridiculous. But generally speaking, you're not questioning it that much because yeah. it moves at such like a breakneck speed. You're not yeah. like stopping to be like, well, wait a minute, how would that work yeah. in actuality? You're like, well, it doesn't matter, next one. So like going through it, makes it sound worse than it is i think true it was just that that specifically out of all the things i don't mind if you're trying to find a map like basically that's what false awakens was trying to find luke trying to get the map or whatever Mm. don't mind trying to get a map fine if it's like oh i can't read i can read sith or whatever and i can't tell you what it is like the unspoken language or whatever i've got a bit of a problem with that but okay whatever fine something to do with the coding it's a technical problem okay great so just have this in-betweeny bit of, like, a dagger with it written on a dagger. It's the dagger itself that I'm just a bit like, it's just such an okay. unnecessary extra Is it bit. like the the Star Wars evil guy equivalent of, like, putting it on your phone under a contact that it doesn't really exist? It's like, it's on my dagger, I've always got my dagger on me, so I always remember where it is. Like, just look down, and then I've got it engraved, so it's there at all times. Always remember. That's what I mean. It's like, she picks up, it's like... Oh, yeah, Emperor's chair. Oh, I forgot again. She picks up, she's like, this has killed many people, or whatever. And I was, like, thinking, I like the idea of a Jedi killer as well. I was like, cool, they're going off to find a Jedi killer. Oh, he's already dead, and he's just left a sword. It's like, okay, I quite liked... I kind of want to know more about this Jedi killer. defeated by a big worm. Yeah, you basically there's a snake, wasn't it, or whatever? It was some worm snake, or something from Tremors. So yeah, she kind of looks at it, and then you. And the only reason really for this bit is that she says, "Oh, I, literally," she says to BB-8, oh, "I used a little bit of my life energy to like heal him, and uh, he's fine I now." I don't know if you can know. Has this come up before? No. So this is a new. Well, as far as, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure as far as other people know, it's a new. It's a new thing, which is hence why they've had to explain it. Right. And it also reminded me of that Justin Timberlake in Time film, where like time is currency. So it's like she's gone. Okay, I'll give him like five days of my life. God, like it's an expendable. Oh right! Like she's. Got I'll ex- die a little bit sooner. Like, what does it mean? Like, giving you me life. Yeah. Like, I've aged myself like um, another three weeks. But well, I thought me. afterwards, like, oh, is she going to be really like wiped out with it? She just shook it off immediately. Yeah, she's fine. Well, so it was only like, like three scratches. So. Yeah, but he looked like he was. He was having he was a, a bad goner. time. He's bad time. So it's like, so this is just easy peasy to you. You could just give yeah. people life force. They're they're cured. No no biggie. But what was also? Oh, the that one? Is that? Right, so he's got these three scratches from wherever it was, right? The worm. The worm, snake thing. Yeah. Well, so that wasn't from the Jedi killer because he's been buried down yeah, there for like different ages. Injury. Different So that's from a different thing. So that means that it that still kills people. having a bad fucking day. So it's just, I was just, I don't know, it's just weird, but fine. So she heals it. So they've kind of introduced this old thing. And then they get back on the Falcon and... She senses, and this is, and this was a bit weird. Like now, when I'm thinking back to it, I'm like, a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense. And I was, as you said, you're in it at the time, but looking back on it, so Kylo Ren, she can sense Kylo Ren coming yes. in his cruiser. So he's literally like, Sat like a fucking terrorist or something. He's yeah. just gonna what ram her basically. Well, it's also like he could just blow up the whole planet. He's like, nope, 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 nope. I'm gonna. Yeah, but they, do they have that? Te- oh, I don't know yet. Yeah, do they have that technology yet? But he doesn't want to kill her. He doesn't. Maybe he does want to kill her. You said he doesn't want to kill her anyway. He needs to take her back. Yeah. Yeah. So what's he doing? Why is it just okay? Right. So and the Knights of Ren are there. Is what you see a shot where like Chewbacca's coming on, 
but you see them like shred and it's just thinking shit they like they're there this is cool they didn't do it like, you don't do, see them on the planet they do a lot of posing the exactly they did, literally they did distance. nothing and instead they just get taken Chewy gets taken off by stormtroopers in a thing so I was thinking he was going to have a showdown with like the Knights of Ren yeah. They're just like, you just see their shoulder and then it's like, oh, okay, they're gone. Chewie doesn't really get to do that much, does he? He's just sort of like... I mean, he got to do more... Yeah, I mean, he got to do more in this than he oh has done in the previous ones, really. Well, no, he did quite a fair bit, I suppose, in Force Awakens, actually. Did hardly anything in Last Jedi. So, anyway, she's like, oh, I'm going to go off and just, like, look into the desert for a bit and then, like, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, dude, we're sorting this out. Can you get in the... Get yeah. in! And, like, Chewie goes in. out. She's like, can you go get her? And Chewie runs out and then, yeah, you see Knights of Ren and then Chewie gets taken... And yeah, in a really like obvious pose, like the stormtrooper holds up the knife, like, what's this? What is <laughs> what this that I have, have in my hand? Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't understand what this is. So yeah, why has he got the dagger as well? Was Chewbacca holding it then? Chewbacca put it in his bag, yeah. Okay, right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in that his purse, his man bag. What is this? So anyway, they're like, okay, they've got the spear, whatever, <laughs> and Chewie, great. Anyway, Ray's like, Finn's going, come on, Ray, get back in. Shame she couldn't sense Chewie being taken off, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, true. Well, she was busy dealing with, like, Ren stuff. Um, and, yeah, so... And I love the way, like, a lot of this is Finn shouting, Ray, from afar, like, the whole film, and him yeah. being completely impotent to do anything. He's, he's, he's a bit of a step down, isn't it, for the last one? I've got to help her. It's like, she's fucking cool, mate. What are you going to do? Just you fuck off. You are hindrance. Yeah, especially when they go on the ship bit, which we'll get to yeah. a bit later. So bear in mind, we're only now just 40 minutes in of this, what, two and a 20 oh minute movie. So Kylo Ren comes in, you've got that cool kind of shot where she smashes up the ship. I thought that was a cool shot, but again, it was, yeah. it was like, I know I've read criticism as well that this film is made up of moments that would be in a trailer rather than an actual plot. And it's like, that is absolutely spot on, really. That is a very fair criticism. Yeah. And, um, but like, aren't trailers cool to watch? Exactly. Don't, it's not what you want. Everyone else watching not... trailers. We go to the cinema to watch trailers before, early yeah. to make sure we can see them. It's like Suicide Squad. That was made by the people people who edited it. Do you remember this? No. So that David Ayer, whatever, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, they were having troubles in post and they got a trailer company to make the trailer for it. And because people were like, this is amazing. It had like the Queen, the Queen song or something over the top, whatever. Yeah. But they used to do music videos and trailers, this company. And that, because it had such a positive reaction, they said, can you just recut the whole movie? And so the editors that had been working on Suicide Squad got kicked off and the trailer guys came in and just and cut, must have been cut absolutely livid. So after Ray and Kylo Ren have their little mini showdown, um, they see a transporter going away and they're like, oh, Finn's like, Chewie's on it. She tries to use the force to help it stay back. I thought that was quite cool because she was like, you're kind of getting a sense that she's powerful, right? Because yeah, it was a big a deal. Scale. Yeah. Because, like, when, like, you know, if you think of um, Turn of the Jedi, or Empire Strikes Back, sorry, when mm. Luke is, or Yoda in the end, whatever, like, lifts, lifts the, the ship. ship out, and you're thinking, wow, that was a big deal, right? She's literally, this has got blasters on, and it's, like, halfway out. to go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's able to keep it back. Okay. Good loop back to before, call back to what I was saying before. Did you think Chewie was dead here? That Chewie was dead? Yeah. For a second, I thought, yes. So no. What? So no, you didn't really. I didn't. No. Well, when it was like, when it blew up, I mm. thought he's dead. She had to, uh, when she had the break, bit of a thing about it. I was like, okay. I was like, I really feel like they haven't given this <laughs> like the impact that it should have. So he's probably still alive. 
And then I remember thinking, was there a second transporter? And I was like, it's a bit lame that there's a second one, but... Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not even really in any jeopardy because he turns up within about two minutes of, of this happening. I'm just saying that you're not like, oh my God, Joe's dead. There's no, no way you... I was more concerned with the fact of what actually happens here, which was like, and you remember when we walked in, I'd already said, oh, Ray is um, is going to turn out to be Palpatine's granddaughter. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, she's using the force here. And this is one of the things I had with Last Jedi as well. One of the problems is that when... Uh, Carrie Fisher's character used the force or whatever when she flies like Superman is that she does it like it's so smooth and graceful whereas everywhere else and especially with Ray and stuff everyone else who uses the force is like there's like a physicality to it there's like they're really trying like there's some effort there's that feels like it's being done yeah exactly there? like it's like oh like I'm really like using this power I think that's what annoyed me looking back at Last Jedi was that she just puts her hand out and she just floats in and it's like it doesn't look like she's using the force. We just know that's what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So with this, it's like, I can feel she's really straining. And the same with Kylo Ren here. He does this cool thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to try and... And you can tell he, he's not even that bothered about it getting away or not. He's just testing. And he yeah. says it later as well. He's just testing her strength. And then, yeah, when she like basically blows it up with lightning, I was like, fuck, cool. So obviously it confirmed the fact that it's like, well, she's definitely like related to mm. Emperor Palpatine for a start. She's insanely powerful. Like, that's wicked. The fact that it's like, okay, she's not just, you know, like, yeah. I've got a bit of force you power. You see the look on his face. It's like, she's must be more powerful than me. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's what I really quite enjoyed about it. So, anyway, they're like, oh my God. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I killed him. He's just, and this is kind of the thing that happens again with the film is that there's a lot where he just watches her go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he, it's like, you could, if you were really that bothered, you could do something. But he always, time and again, just lets her, just lets her like run, run off. Yeah. So she's like now reacting to the fact that she um, has this power and uh, Finn's. She thinks she's killed Chewie. Yeah, she thinks she's killed Chewie. And Finn is like, oh, right, hey, um, what's up? <laughs> like, you know, you're right. She's like, no, you don't even understand. And he's like, I can understand. So he's like trying to reach out here and she's like, oh, you just don't get it. Again, kind of um, the thing of like pushing her more towards the Kylo Ren relationship, as in like he understands me, like he's on the same level as me, basically. But I think it was like before when Finn and Ray were both born to unknown parents, taken in by big organized or taken away by bigger organisations, in his case, to become a stormtrooper and hers to become a scavenger. And there was a parallel there with their stories. And that's why he's like, I get it, I get it, because he's thinking that her story is his story to a certain extent. But really, her story is um, Kylo's Kylo story. story. And that, yeah, and it's this kind of triangle. It's a bit of a shame. It's not shame, but as in, like, their romance is... It just kind of kicked out with scenes like this so that they can reinforce the Kylo Ren and her romance. It's like she she is not interested whatsoever. Yeah. There is no, like, oh, like, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. Which I like, which no is a good thing. debate whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, you don't get it. You have no idea. Go away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea that it's like, she doesn't really need any of these guys. There's no point. And that's why, like, when they share that final kiss, skipping to the end it's more meaningful because it's like 
that she's not approached it. Even where there's been times when you think, are they going to kiss here? They don't. And it's just, that's why it makes more of an impression right at the end. But anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we kind of cut back and there's um, stuff between uh, Richard E. Grant and Hux. And you're kind of seeing a bit of a power play here because you thought Hux was in charge, right? Kind of, like, because he was pretty much in charge in Last Jedi. He was in charge of that ship. And he was like, kind of. I thought he was like second in command. That's kind of what I and thought. He was the number two. As well, yeah. And like, Adrian Edmondson isn't in it now, whatever. But now Richard E. Grant is just like, this confirms that Richard E. Grant's like his boss, boss, boys, his boss. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I thought he was a bigger deal than he was. Um, okay, fine. Okay. So then they take Chewie away. And it, I thought all this stuff was quite funny because it's like, oh, imagine the first Star Wars film, remember when it, like, they fake Chewie being captured? So. And there was this other thing as well. If you remember, like, at the start of the film, and they didn't do it here, but when they were doing that light speed, they called it something, where they kept going in and out of light speed. Like, jumping. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the ship can't take it. And I was thinking, isn't that the worst thing you can do? Because also, the chances are, if you're going into light speed, the chances are, because of how space works, you're just going to be in more space. But the fact they kept jumping from a different planet, not crashing either, to a different planet. And also the fact that... But they almost crashed every time, though. Yeah. So it wasn't just the emptiness of nothing, which is probably the more likely scenario, right? Yeah. But they also... And it was, also, it was kind of carrying on what had happened from Last Jedi in terms of they can kind of, like, track them through light speed now. They can't just get away. Mm. But when, like, for instance, when, like, the mouth came out and it went into, like, light speed, it didn't cut through the mouth like it did in Last Jedi, where it's like, you go into light speed and it kills things in your way for that little bit. It didn't do that. And I'm like, so what's the canon here? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like with light speed, does it destroy things as it's going off? It looks destructive. It's quite powerful. But it happened in the end of Last Jedi. Last That's what Laura Dern did. But it didn't happen to like this worm thing that there's like another knock back to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It was just something I just um, remembered. But yeah, so anyway, and then um, there's this the bit with the new robot which I quite liked um, oh, where he's I like the robots are really cute yeah and like BB-8's little mate who was a bit like don't touch me I'm fine like kind of I was like it's a bit of a very modern not like autistic but that kind of like oh you don't have to you know I'm, I'm cool but they were like saying oh it's because he's been beaten and I was like oh why do they have to put like a <laughs> sadness a sadness to it he's basically like a beaten puppy and that's why he doesn't like people touching him it's like oh why can't it just be like he's just like that but okay. No, it's meant to show that she's super kind. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just talking about the robot himself. I don't know. So um, they go to this planet. Oh god! Because they need to get this stuff off. C three PO. C three PO is like, hey, don't worry about the dagger. I've got it all in my memory banks. I just can't tell it. And they're like, okay, well, we have to go and find someone. You can go into your memory banks and like, wipe no, your memory. No, I don't want to go there. There's this one place, but this last place I want to go. I never want to go there. All right, fine, we'll go to that fine, one Fine, we'll place. go. And I'll, uh. yeah. It's like, oh, you have to give me some backstory, I suppose, because yeah. I've done nothing for the past three films, so... And we'll just make our backstory basically the same as Han. I'm a smuggler. Yeah, yeah, which is true. Spice trader, whatever they called it. And I was thinking, is that like a little nod to Dune? But, um, so it's, spice... yeah, I assume spice is like a drug, not... Uh. Turmeric or something. Yeah, exactly. He's got an absolutely shed load of cumin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He loves his basil. And, um, That's a herb. Well, right, fine. 
<laughs> and uh, so they get to this place and they meet Kerry Russell. I really like Kerry Russell. She's got a fantastic voice, but, you know, would be would have been nicer to see her face a little bit. Yeah, but I like the mask. I thought she looked cool. So it, you know, it just looks cool. It's just a cool-looking thing. You don't get to see people in masks that much, and you can have it in Star Wars. Um, that makes you sound so weird, by the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like cool, futuristic, <laughs> like Daft Punk-type masks, helmets and stuff. Right, okay. So they're in this place. They're in this place to find Kerry Russell, but they're first order there, and they're just, what, knocking on people's doors. I don't really know why or whatever, but it doesn't matter. So um, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take you there. But she's like, I hate you, Poe. Got to come and live it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we've got history, but, you know, I still love you. Whatever, I still like you. She's like, shut up, Poe. Oh, my God, okay, I'm going to help you out. Fine. And um, after having, love you. Exactly, after having like a little battle with, um, what's her name, uh, Ray. So they basically, this little cool creature thing hooks up C-3PO and they're like, oh yeah, we can get the memory out. Yeah, it's going to wipe his memory. It's like, oh, okay. And I was thinking, oh man, it's going to wipe his memory. And then it's like, yeah, but R2 has like a backup. Yeah, no like, jeopardy. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, all right, yeah, I guess. And then it's like, oh, but you know how, you know what his memory stores are like. And it's like, okay, yeah, pretty yeah, good. Because he pretty. didn't, he just show. He's basically saved the universe a hundred million exactly times. Based so on his memory hard drives. And the fact that he's still got that, you're my only hope. Um, Obi Wan or whatever <laughs> yeah. on his hard drive still still shows there's something, but basically they do it for a gag. So they do the Jeopardy thing of like I'm taking a last look at my friends or whatever, and you're like, that's nice. And then tonally, it, you're right. This thing, this bit was all over the show. It was really weird. And then yeah, that's it's just used as a gag for sad? like the rest of the movie until he sees R two D two. And also he's got like red eyes when he does it, and it's like I thought maybe oh, he was going to go evil. Sith. But that's kind of what they were hinting at, and it's like. Uh, he does it to talk the Sith thing and then he's fine. So, okay. And I always think when they say stuff, oh, it's 932, and I'm like, is anyone writing this down? <laughs> so up here. No, they're engraving it on a dagger. So Just someone in the background is like chiseling away a dagger or the fucking engraved metal. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Um, so, yeah, so they fine. They've done that. Great. So now I think, I think the Knights of Ren have followed them there, but it's... F- I believe someone's taller than there um, and then you've got like a little bit of a scene between Kerry Russell and Poe where you find out a bit more of their story you see her eyes and she's like hey I've got this like thing that will get you in anywhere to any empire thing do you want it? oh no she doesn't say that yet no, she's no, like no. oh I'm going to take it and head off and he's like oh that's really cool I'm like this is new what you just an all access pass yeah, basically VIP yeah, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got one. And, yeah, that's um, stage, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, to, could, you know, could they not have had this at any point during any of the films? No, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's really rare, Sam. It's super-duper rare. Like, <laughs> she's got one. This is a way out of this planet. No other way. Everyone else can go in and out of planets like no one's business. She, on the other hand, for some inexplicable reason, even though she was some sort of smuggler, so I assume that does mean she has a mode of transport, has got something which means that she gets to go on to, like, like not Sith, but like Last Order or whatever they're called, bases. Why would she want to do that? Yeah. What's, why would she want to go there? What's in that for her? I think it's it. I can't remember. She, some, she explains that she wants to so why leave. So man? Yeah. I don't really just get go. it. Just go. Yeah, just get out of there. So yeah. they're like kind of faffing around a little bit and... Um, so you, the Star Destroyer turns up with Kylo's ship and she's like, oh no, Kylo Ren's here, oh dear. And 
Yeah. So, um, and then basically she's like, you know, that chip thing, which means like my entire life I've been saving for, I'll tell you what, just have it so you can go and rescue your friend. Yeah. And it's a bit like, what? <laughs> like, she's literally just said how important it is to her. And the guy who she's not even really that bothered about, who she hasn't seen for ages, who she was about to like trade in. She's like, you know what? Actually, I do really love you actually. And you can take this to save your friend. It's not even to save you. It's for you to go and get up on that ship and save your mate. Who I've never met. Who I've never met. It doesn't, you know, and you haven't really spoke about, but I'm sure he's a really good guy. Yeah, he met probably about five minutes ago. So they get onto the um, ship and I was like, oh, okay, they're going to go into the original Star Wars stuff here. Not really. They just immediately shoot <laughs> the stormtroopers coming up. I really thought, I don't know why, I really thought they were going to dress up as stormtroopers yeah. again. I was like, that's inevitable. Dress That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, okay. Brilliant. I was like, this is what they're going to do. Like, but no, no, they're just like straight guns out. Like, shoot out one ca- couple of cameras. Jobs again. Yeah, done. But this is it. They just literally... It's very techy. It's got very minimal security, hasn't it? They just literally shoot their way out. So, and this is the whole thing. It's like, none of these places ever seem properly staffed to like ships of these size. So, um, what's her name? It's like, oh, uh, Ray's like, oh, I need to go off and do my own thing. Basically, you guys save Chewie. It's fine. She's gone. She's gone. So, and then they find out that um, someone's on the ship. The bad guys do. And so, you know, alerts are raised. The guys, Chewie, they find Chewie and now Finn, Chewie and Poe are fighting themselves off the ship. Meanwhile, Ray is basically snooping around her boyfriend's um, apartment as she's in... Uh, but yeah, um, as she's in his, yeah, literally his quarters. And she finds stuff like, <laughs> like his little like collection here. He's he's kept like Chewie's stuff. So he's kept it she, on yeah. his like mantelpiece, basically. He's got the dagger. He's got Chewie's ammunition thing, whatever yeah, it is he wears. cool, cool. And Sash. Yeah, he's um what's that? What is it? The gun thing he has shot. Blaster. Blaster. If it's not blaster, it's like a crossbow or something, whatever it is. Right. And he's so he's just like keeping it there, like, it's okay, there. cool, I'm gonna keep it in my room. And um yeah, and she sees like the Darth Vader helmets there as well and whatever. But I mean, as decor goes, a bit minimal. It's very minimal. But he's like, Hey, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Oh, uh, Awkward. Yeah, so like, oh, I don't know. So they can't. So no, you, you, we already kind of know this. They've established anyway that you can't actually see where each other are, but they do have some kind of like physical thing between each other. And I thought this was quite cool the way they cut it in between the two. Oh, I like that. Yeah, um, two things. I thought it looked quite quite nice. And um, yeah, so they have this cool little lightsaber fight, and then he sees Darth Vader's helmet. And he's like, they're on the ship for God's sake! Quick, quick, quick! And then we fi- and then um, Finn and the guys get captured. We find out that Hux. He's actually the spy and he hates Kylo Ren so much that he's willing to go against the entire First Order that we thought he was leading, by the way, mm. in order to make sure Kylo Ren doesn't win. Well, no, I, I read it more that it was his own, like, power struggle. Yeah. So it wasn't about Kylo Ren per se, though obviously it was. It was more about the fact that he wants to be in charge and the way of doing that is getting rid of Kylo Ren. Right, okay. Well, he says, he goes, I don't care if you win. Yeah. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. Yeah, and because he wants to be in charge. Okay, well, fair enough. That's my reason, right? Okay, cool. Well, they get back on the ship and, um, uh, yeah, but it's kind of like a bit too late, a little bit. And uh, Kylo Ren's there <laughs> with his mates, the Stormtroopers, and I don't, know, I don't think the Knights of Ren are there, it's just the Stormtroopers. But the um, uh, Millennium Falcon turns up, um, with them all on or whatever as Kylo's as um, sorry Ray's trying to escape 
It's like, okay, jump on, you know, get get on here. So she, they basically have like a, this is where they have a little bit more of a conversation about like, um, yeah, take my hand, all this stuff, we can work together. And does he say something about her parent lineage here? He's like, I can tell you. I think he said it before as well, like, you know, sort of like, I know. Yeah, if you come with me, I'll tell you kind of thing. But she doesn't know, does she, or anything at this point. I can't remember when she finds out. Yeah, I can't remember when she finds out. It's a pretty big deal when you think about it. So they escape and um, uh, they're basically following the coordinates now that C-3PO had on his uh, dagger. They go to this new planet and then you see these um, new people, these new characters who ride horses and then live in this planet with all the waves and stuff. And again, this is a little bit useless. So um, you're in the toilet, actually, for this bit. So oh, what she does yeah. is she lifts up the dagger mm-hmm. and there's a little bit in the uh, side of the dagger, right? Sneaky dagger. And it's, like, marked as red. And literally, luckily, she's in the exact place to line it up with the remnants of what's left of the thing to where she needs to go. How she, How you're supposed to figure that out amazing it's almost like she has some magical force ability yeah but also it is like why doesn't it just it's, it's by the emperor's thing exactly it's so weird map so to a map to a map these people turn up and they're like hey we'll help you out if you need to get there but it's tomorrow because the storm's too bad and they're like okay we can fix the falcon in that time because the falcon's broken for some reason awesome yeah I really like the sea stuff and then they're like yeah we used to be stormtroopers as well and Finn's like and you're thinking okay totally so they've got exchange point yeah. of character but now you've got like I think they're trying to set it up that Finn has like because he's now he's not just like I love Ray <laughs> I'm obsessed with Ray it's like oh now guys, he's got guys remember I was a stormtrooper guys yeah. remember it's like oh now I've got someone to talk to another girl that I'm interested in who used to be a stormtrooper and you know and it's like we've got shit in common exactly and it's the fact that I was like <laughs> I thought maybe it was going to go somewhere like he would lead I don't know like a underground resistance of stormtroopers I don't know like I thought maybe it was setting it up for something yeah well, like she was like the inn and she is so theatrical and so like I'm a classically trained actor kind of thing oh, absolutely just didn't feel it literally didn't stunk of like fakeness basically like this she just looked like a privileged girl not like I've had this like tough Tough life. Because I felt like they didn't put any, any effort into her at all. Like, her outfit looked awful. A bit rubbish, yeah. She was like cool. she was just she an didn't have any good lines. No purpose in the plot. Yeah. Like, totally underserved. She's literally there so that people aren't worried about Finn, about Ray now going off with Kylo Ren. It's basically so people aren't like, oh, my God. Yeah, why would Ray do that? Uh, Ray's such a bitch. Yeah. Like, she was like, she really liked Finn, and now she's just like, been on and it's not by himself. It's like, oh, no, 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 it's not by himself. It's the other girl. Remember, so the girl, the girl. And, it's, and it's not Rose either, which would have been cooler, but we... It's Rose, so that makes sense, but whatever. He's got one in common with this one. He didn't really like Rose that much, so he has to have one that he actually really likes. We could have used that, but we didn't, so whatever. So anyway, Ray is now going off in, across the waves, and this bit was cool. I always like stuff in the sea anyway, um, to basically go to the Death Star. Uh, we should say that the whole point is the Death Star's landed in this planet. That's yeah, what she's yeah, looking yeah. at. And, uh, yeah, the return of the Jedi Death Star, anyway. Um, so she gets there, and Finn is like, I need to get on, I need to follow her, basically. Don't really know why, but it's like, okay. And um, the woman is like, okay, cool, let's, we can, we'll take a boat as well, don't worry about it, we'll go. 
So then she does this cool bit where she's climbing up to the top and it kind of reminisces a little bit about the beginning of Force Awakens where yeah. she's kind of going scavenger through the scavenging. Days. Yeah, she's using her abilities here. And then again, there's a little bit of fan service here because you've got like the Emperor's chair and all the window and stuff that was in Return of the Jedi, the fact she's going back to it. And I thought that was quite cool. And then she goes into like this dark place and this is the equivalent of like the cave that Luke had to go in like during his training, if you remember, in mm. in, in Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? Was yeah. it in play? Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, so she finds this, uh, another triangle thing. I think there's like three, and I don't know why there's three or even why it even exists. Maybe there was two. I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, and she sees an evil version of herself with a fucking cool lightsaber, by the way. And she's looking a bit like Emperor-ish here. She's very like skinny and gaunt or whatever. Well, she's skinny anyway, but as in, she looks a bit more goth basically yeah. they've gothed her up she's got emo and she even has like yeah that little like golem moment where she has like teeth it's like <laughs> oh, that always scares me <laughs> yeah. I know it's like a total rip off but yeah. that bit when that Ian Holm does that she's, I found that absolutely terrifying <laughs> it's a horror and, like, trope yeah and it's not even not even her doing it was scary it was me remembering the Ian Holm moment Brilliant. that made me feel a bit scared Brilliant. Well, Kylo Ren's now turned up and he basically finds the triangle thing which she's been um, looking at and she's like, give it to me, I want to find Emperor. And he's like, no, you. I want you to basically come with me and we'll kill him together and we'll do this, you know, whatever. And she's like, no, just give it to me. And he crushes it in his hand and she's like, no. So then they have this this little battle ensues and this is pretty cool. And yeah, at this moment, Carrie Fish is a bit like, oh, something's... Something's happening. Something's happening. I can feel it in my forcey stuff. Meanwhile, Finn is, and then Finn is just like whatever. It's like they're just giving him something to do. Finn is trying to find her. They have this um, Ray and Kylo Ren have this cool battle out on the ship. There's the seas, there's storms going on, and I thought this bit was really wicked. Actually, to be honest, I did really like it. And then what I love is like Finn's like Ray, and she's like go away, and like forces him back or whatever. Yeah. She's like yeah, fuck off, Finn. Fuck off. Get off my back. Yeah. It's also like, you're boring. You're making this, like, shit. Just let them have their fucking fights. Stop trying to stop it. Um, and, yeah, so there's you've probably seen this in the trailer if you haven't seen the film already. So Leia's kind of getting involved now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Kylo basically um, stops for a minute and Ray puts her lightsaber through him and kills him and he's dead. Um, or is he? So... But then, did you really feel like he was dead? Well... No. Yeah, exactly. But Carrie Fisher was definitely dead. She dies here. Yeah, but we know that because she's dead anyway. Yeah, they didn't have to kill her. Like, they With RTT2, like, watching her or whatever. And, um... Some so, hand model got a lot of work off, yeah, off, <laughs> that. off that. Carrie they Fisher's hand. Very much focused on her hands. And, um, yeah, so she uses her life force again, basically, whatever that means now, to save Kylo Ren. And he's like, oh, thank you, or whatever. So she gets in the ship and flies off and Finn's like, oh. Just left me on this I'll really wavy, dangerous place. Yeah, Brilliant place. But now also like Kylo Ren's just kind of standing there. So do you think he's like, um, was, can I get a lift back? Yeah. Are you heading what? <laughs> yeah. I just need a lift. So, um, yeah. So Carrie Fish is now, uh, sorry, well, Carrie Fish is now dead, but Leia's now dead. And what I love is, yeah, when they come back and they're like, like, we need to tell you something. He's like, I've got, I've got to speak to... Shut up, get out of the way. I've got to speak to uh, Corporal Leia or whatever, General Leia. Like, oh, yeah, she's dead. And they're like, oh, damn it. They've got the three extras that they really like to rely on in the uh, in the Resistance. Yeah. The guy from Heroes. 
The woman with a weird big nose. Yeah. And... Rose. <laughs> Rose and, and a hobbit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, Charlie makes it, Charlie from Lost or whatever. More J.J. Abrams <laughs> mates in it. So then we get this cool bit, which I didn't think, honestly didn't think would happen, which is that Han Solo comes back as a, as a ghost. And he's basically like, he's like, I still think you're amazing and I still love you or whatever and all this stuff. Like, you know, you're, you're still cool. You're, you can still be good. And It's not too late, dude. Yeah, and I did, like, I think some of the criticisms that people had was that this happened way too easily. Like, he turned good on a dime almost. And I'm like... I don't know that. But... I was like, he did kind of die. Like, the whole point of it was, like, kind of Ben's dead, but Ben still lives. As in, like, he was defeated, and now in this rebirth, using, people could say, the Force life. Maybe it was having the bit of the good Force that made him feel a bit more good. And his mum died so he could be reborn. Yeah, all this stuff, right? Yeah, she's kind of sacrificed herself. So I think there's kind of, like, more of a metaphysical thing going on here. Um, and he throws his really cool lightsaber, which I loved, into the sea. When they made it into, like, a really big sword, you're like, oh, it seems so obvious now. Make it like a sword with a little handle. Oh, yeah. But it's not, is it? Yeah. And it is cool. It is cool. And um, so then we see uh, the Emperor is basically like, oh, bloody Leia, she's ruined my plans. <laughs> Even though I'm not really sure what his plan was for, for this bit. But... Um, and he's speaking to Richard E. Grant and it's like, you know, it doesn't matter, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Richard E. Grant's like. Richard E. Grant says something which I was like, oh, don't force it in. She's like, no problem, I'll serve you like I served you in the old days. And walks off and it's like, no one uh, says that. I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah, it's like, it's a complete like unnatural like reference you... to people out there being like, oh, he's been around. He's not new, he's actually been around the whole oh, time. Oh, no, there was some sort of reference that really confused me. So I was like, is he, was he in the last film? So I just didn't remember Richard E. Grant being in it. It's weird, I wouldn't remember Richard E. Grant. Yeah. I will give you £10 if you can name Richard E. Grant's character name. No. No, nothing. Steve. No idea. <laughs> Richard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Grant? Yeah, I literally don't know. So then they basically destroy that planet that they should have just destroyed from the beginning that um, Kerry Russell was on. And... I really liked how it blew up because there's part of me that was looking at it going, thinking... It's a bit old school, isn't it? I think that's real. I think that might be a practical effect that's done with a bit more what CG. Do you think they really blew up a planet? Uh, yeah, it's in like they used an actual model or something like that. Because I was thinking it looked weirdly fake, but in a good way, yeah, rather than being like CG really fake. Yeah, um, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that was good. And people might think it looks a bit shit, but I thought it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So then um, Poe, which is kind of finishing his arc as well, is now become basically the leader. He's like, I don't know what to do. Um, and that's been kind of his thing throughout the whole thing, right? He's turned it from like, to like, from like a grunt, essentially, to now learning how to lead a team and be a leader and not just, you know, shoot first kind of thing. One. Yeah, and all this stuff. But then he's like, I don't know how to do this. Billy D comes in, he's like, dude. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> like yeah. me and Luke and you know Han and all this stuff, we just made up as we went along. Like we weren't ready. And I was like, that's quite cool, just being a bit like, you know, you just kind of got to deal with it. Like no yeah. one knows how to do it. One cool goes. guy to another cool guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you find out that the little robot um, was actually actually knows stuff about stuff because he was with the Jedi killer. And I, I want to say that he knows he's got the location. Yeah. So he didn't, after all that, didn't need to try and go after The little robot knew about it the whole time anyway. Um, Ray burns the uh, um, Kylo Ren ship. 
But on the island, I think Luke was on. Yes, so she's basically saying like... Because she gets the jet I think she knows she's a Palpatine now. Well, also she's now got a hood. Yeah. I'm Um, fairly confident she is because that's what the whole chat with Luke that... Yeah, I think that must have been what happened on the ship. It's really weird yeah. that we can't, neither of us can actually remember the exact, pinpoint the exact time. Oh, it's because he had like, yeah, right, no, But they also had like a lot of these, there was like three or four of these little conversations they Yeah, had. so I hinted at it. And there was like cutscenes with Jodie Comer, the actress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of her remembering what happened. Yeah, and yeah. then he, that's when he's like, yeah, he, Palp- the Emperor killed your, yeah, it was on the Death Star thing. The Emperor killed your parents. Yeah. Ordered them dead, wanted to get to you, whatever, and all this stuff. They hid you, they saved your life, basically, whatever. Yeah. So your parents were nobodies, but your granddad was like the most evil, powerful guy of all time. Yeah, but Palpatine's still out there getting with the ladies, having children. Yeah, that was weird. That's also a like, thing of like. Is that really that? They say that it's the son, like he had a son. Mm. So there was part of me thinking, well, it's, you know, people are like, oh, when did he do this? It was like, it must have been during the prequels. Yeah. Like, well, it, it must have been, in this, and also, like, he was pretty old in the prequels anyway, like, as a character and in himself. Yeah. So, and they don't hint that he has a family or say anything otherwise. So, don't know, maybe it's just like, you know, he's still got to get his kicks, especially when he was, like, normal, before he went true, like, emperor. It's like he was still, like, relatively, like, he was voted for as governor or something like that. So, um, anyway, I don't know. So she burns the thing and, and Luke turns up and he's like, he catches the lightsaber, doesn't he? He's like, don't throw this away, this is mine, bitch. <laughs> it means something to me. And throw this in the fire. And he's like, look, Leia knew. Leia knew you were Palpatine. And she was cool with it. And he's like, well, I can't believe she knew. Yeah, yeah, we all knew, actually. So, you know, we're all fine with it. And he, this is more like the Luke that I kind of wanted, like the mentor, the like kind of, you know, positive um, part of of Luke coming out now, like how he people kind of would have wanted him to be, rather than like the embittered, angry old man, mm. um, the boomer. He's now instead like a more positive, like actually giving advice and being like, "It's cool. We can, I, I'll help you." Yeah, and all this stuff. he's you know, you're doing it. Yeah, and I, I felt like that was a bit more. He also looked like he looks cooler with longer hair. Yeah, I like the way his hair grows in death. I mean, all hair grows in death in theory, but like even as a ghost, he's like, I'm gonna have no, longer he's hair. Styling it out, it's looking good. Yeah, um, and so then she finds uh, he, he shows her Leia's lightsaber, and they yeah. talk about how like he trained Leia. So that's good because that kind of gives us a bit more back story to stuff. Then they've got that weird, like, CG young Luke and CG young Leia, which is a bit weird. Um, But, yeah, okay, so so now she's got two lightsabers. One's green, one's blue, right? So, cool, we're thinking, okay, one dude's going to use the other one. Pretty sweet. So um, Luke lifts the X-Wing out, kind of like another callback to Mm. Turn of the Jedi, which is cool. And so you presume she's just going to go meet um, the Emperor now. So, meanwhile... They're like, oh, there's a ship or something travelling or whatever. And they're like, oh, look, um, it's Ray. She's showing us the way. So we're going to follow her, right? And Poe's like, right, we've got to take everything there because this is it, basically. This is like our final stand against the final order. And they keep reinforcing the fact that, like, everything we've ever done, 
It all comes down to this. Yeah, if they said that once, they said it. All the time. It's then to like, be like, the stakes are big, so please, can we not forget about the stakes? And then all the other stuff, that was nothing compared to this time. Yeah, this time is of where... Of all the times, it's like the biggest time. So this time is where it really matters. So now Ray has touched down to go and show down with um, Palpatine. The Rebellion, Resistance, whatever they're called now, have flown in and seen a lot of Star Destroyers and they're like kind of shitting their pants. So these are just the the small guys who are basically there's about twenty of them or something that are on this on this base, um, and they're like, oh, put the call out uh, because everyone's going to come, right? And, but for the moment, it's just it's just them. So yeah, this bit was weird, wasn't it? So then, yeah, Ray kind of makes her way through to meet um, Palpatine. She goes through the lab, kind of like how Kylo Ren did before, and. Yeah, and then and now you're kind of cutting in between all the different action pieces that are going on. You've got like the 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 war between the with Poe Dameron and um, uh, and you know basically the um, dogfights that are going on and the big ships. You've got Finn who is like has they have to take out a satellite tower and then they shut down the satellite tower and they've put it onto the main ship where all the humans are, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're like, now we've got to take that down. So that's kind of going on. And obviously all the stuff that's kind of going on with Ray. So they're starting to, um, yeah, so the stakes are starting to get higher and higher. All the stuff with Palpatine, he's literally in a Dark Souls level. It's like, it's really super dark. It's super gothic. It's super cool. It's super horror. And it's like sci-fi horror kind of stuff. It's like something you'd imagine from like Alien or something like that. And it all looks like old yeah. and ancient so Palpatine comes down but he's like connected as I say it's like an Assassin's Creed thing like a robotic what's it and he looks all like horrible and disgusting and um, he's obviously like there's some kind of machine technology thing kind of going on here that's helping keep him alive and he's like okay cool so you need to kill me and then basically me and all the Sith that ever came from before me will go into you and you'll basically rule the universe and she's like no. And he's like, you kind of have to. Um, it's a big thing. She wants to kill him, but then she doesn't want to be a Sith, so... Uh, yeah. Chicken or egg. Exactly. Um, so, meanwhile, again, whilst all this is happening, there's all this fighting going on um, outside, and he's like, look, I can kind of... You know, your friends are out there fighting for you, and I can, you know, really make it a bad day. <laughs> Pay <laughs> for them. You get a little bit more Rose action here, but um, Finn isn't interested. Finn, Not interested at all. So now you've got um, uh, from out of nowhere comes Kylo Ren, who's now just dressed in black, but not in a. He's like as if he's just gone out for a jog or something like that. Um, obviously now without lightsaber, and he's going to help uh, Ray. Um, he then meets the Knights of Ray of uh, Ray Knights of Ren. And they have this little um, fight sequence, which I thought was going to be really cool. It wasn't that cool. There's like six or seven of them and they've got like swords and stuff. And he's just kind of, you know, he's getting beaten up a little bit, but he's not too bad off. And then um, again, this kind of connection between the both of them. She puts her lightsaber behind her back or something. Mm. And then he's able to pick it up. So now he's got Leia's lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Leia's lightsaber. 
And um, yeah, so he's able to basically take down Knights of Ren in this cool kind of sequence. So basically, this is the big showdown between Ray, Ren, and Palpatine. Um, the battle for—I mean, I would say it's meant to be positioned as like the battle for Ray's soul, but I don't really feel like at any moment you're like maybe she's going to go dark. No, you kind of feel like she's got. Um... She's, she's afraid that she's going to go dark, but you're kind of like, there's no hint that she's going to do it, right? The only real threat really is that done she... done anything dark, has she? No, but I guess there's the thing of, like, she she wants to kill Palpatine, and she that's if she does that, then she gets all this Sith in her, so she'll turn dark that way. It's almost like she's got the potential to turn dark through no actual fault of her own. Mm. Um which is kind of makes you think that it's like she's still that pure heart, right? She's still like pure good. And they've kept that, but they're trying to find a way of, as you said, jeopardy or something or something happening, um, which is a bit different from, yeah, like Kylo Ren's, isn't it? So then they both, yeah, face up against Palpatine. Which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. and But he's just like, yeah, whatever. So he like sucks the life out of them, literally. And he's like, oh, cool. You've got this like bond that's actually like super beneficial to me. So actually I'm just going to suck the life out of you and it'll make me get like a lot healthier. (laughs) Basically. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess if she can do it to other people on purpose, give them life force, then it can be taken by force. So now as well, it's kind of, and of course, yeah, it doesn't really seem to have any ill effect on either of them, but fine. So now you're kind of we're kind of at the low point in terms of Emperor's kind of winning in his own way, mm-hmm. and um, then they're they're people are starting to die in the air now, yeah. like these dog fights. The extras, yeah, all the extras are dying. The extras they've given at least two what lines to they're they're out there. Yeah, they're, they're out exactly. They're dead, Bye. and also they Bye can't. Yeah, and they need to like. Um, they still need to take down that one ship or something mm. to like make sure they don't all go through to the other universe or whatever it's it is. It's again the bit that you were obsessed with when we were watching the film about like who are those people watching the big standoff? Oh yeah, that was cool. You're like, why, why is it like a big theatre? So they're in this like amphitheatre or whatever, and there's hordes of these cloaked beings, which I imagine are the bandaged up people from before or whatever. Maybe they're clones or something like that. Uh, wherever they are, but they're just watching this whole they thing take place. Sit. Yeah, I don't, well, I guess so. But yeah, it's almost like this theatre, like they're they're watching this whole thing happen. Um, yeah, which is a bit weird itself. And yeah, people are dying um, in space, and then it's like, oh, okay, it's the end. Uh, there's no hope left, or whatever. And Poe's like, we're all gonna die. And then all of a sudden, like every single ship from anywhere of all different, I mean, it must have been the art department to do this. Yeah. Think of about thousands of different ship designs. The attention to detail and the art direction is incredible. Yeah, it was mad. It all looks really like lived in and you can just tell everything's been like thought about to like the nth degree. Yeah. I know this bit was like super corny when you see all the ships. But I fucking loved it. Yeah, I liked it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And that's the kind of whole point, is it? It's like, oh, there's more of us than them or whatever. It was like, well, yeah, because... And it was like, oh, who is it? And it's like, well, it's just people. But it's like, 
you know, like the whole thing with like Dunkirk or whatever, where it was just like people just mm. who had ships are just coming in just to like, you know, help. Um, so yeah, so they start, um, they had breaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, this is where they tried to get in a few, few cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Kerry Russell was back. Um, and that's a bit weird, but yeah, fine. That was a little bit cheap. I was like, who cares really that she's bad, but fine. Okay. She got off the planet. She's not dead. Fine. Um, so your yeah, emperor's like, okay, cool. I've got this power now. So I'm going to throw you Ben, um, into the pit. Like your granddad did to me, the bastard. Yeah. Um, look, pits, probably not that perilous. Yeah. So. <laughs> and also like the emperor's eyes here, I like how they were in Empire Strikes Back where it was like cat eyes over a woman or whatever, they, however they actually filmed it. So it's like, it's a much more scarier than it was in, in um, you know, the, uh, well, when they redid it, basically, mm. um, the remastering. And so, yeah, so the um, Emperor's now got all this power and he sends, shoots his electricity up into the air and he's basically disabling all the ships mm-hmm. that are now out there. Ray wakes up and she's like, I'm fucked. <laughs> Basically, yeah. like, I've got nothing left in me. So she's looking up and seeing, like, all this electricity and all her mates are dying or whatever. And then this is where you hear all the little voices of all the different Jedi. So in there you've got, like, Samuel Jackson, Hayden Christensen, Alec Guinness, um, both Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor's in it. You've got people from Clone Wars in it and the TV series. Uh, apparently Greek on Jin's in it and all this stuff. A lot of the Jedi's from the past, basically, come and do this little bit. Obviously, Luke and Leia. And, yeah, they're basically saying that you are actually, like, the last Jedi. You're the last of us, basically. Yeah, but we're all behind you already. Yeah, like, you've got the power of us behind you. And, essentially, like, the Emperor is, like, the last Sith. Mm. So this is, like, this is it, basically. This is what it all comes down to. And so I thought this was quite a nice sequence. I know some people might have thought it was a bit cheesy and fan service, but I was like... I like it because it kind of, again, it kind of is reflecting the emotional weight that kind of comes with this scene and is looking back on all nine films, which is kind of the point, right? It's a conclusion. Again, it's not just the conclusion to this trilogy, it's the conclusion to the Skywalker saga, as they keep keep saying it. So she gets back up and she's like, right, I'm going to take you on. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. So he's sensing it, like, his electricity powers against her and stuff, but she's able to stop it with the lightsaber. And then she gets a bit nearer, nearer, and then what she do? She brings up the second lightsaber. Double it. Which reflects it back to him, and he basically explodes. So I, I mean, think... I think he's definitely dead this time. Yeah, I mean, it looks like... I mean, the amount of power that kind of happens and the fact that all these little weird, like, children in hoods as well, like, seem to run away, whatever they are, the Sith, Sith kids. Oh, they get squidged. Yeah. Like, oh, we're out of here. And, um, yeah, and then Richard E. Grant's ship blows up, so he's he's dead. He's only in it for, like, two seconds. Not that it matters. So I guess, like, and then basically the rest of the fleet, the whole so, Last Order, all get killed. Um, and I suppose because she used his power against him to kill him, she didn't necessarily kill him. So she doesn't take the yeah. Sith power. If that makes sense. Yeah. She didn't strike him down in anger really or anything like that. Yeah, essentially she did kind of... She used his own anger back at him. Yeah, killed himself. Killed himself in a way. Mm-hmm. Fine. Um, so yeah, you've got a bit of last second jeopardy where the Star Destroyers um, that Finn was on is crashing and then... I mean, do you, do you at any point think that Poe or Finn... 
I thought Finn, it would be cool if Finn died, but then I was like, this really isn't going to be the way he's going to die, is it? Let's be honest. Not just like, I'm on a ship that's falling through. Falling off the edge of the ship. The sky, I suppose. It's not even space, is it? Not even in space at this point, just in the sky. Yeah, I don't know. But again, I thought it was pretty cool having the Millennium Falcon just do like a last minute save. But again, like that woman that he's with, the other ex-Star Trooper, like, pointless. Why couldn't it just be Rose? I don't understand. So... Ray is dead at this point. Yeah. She's used up all her power and whatever. Um, Ren sees her and he's like, oh my God. And then they have this like really tender, touching moment. And the same way that she sacrificed a bit of her to save him, he basically gives his life to save her. And there's a brief overlap whereby they have a smooch. Mm-hmm. And then I like the way he dies like Obi-Wan Kenobi style, which is he just disappears. Yeah. He's not dead, dead. Yeah, so it's like he's become even more powerful than you could ever imagine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, again, it's like, oh, they've, it's new power and now everyone's using it. But I was like, I liked it because it was the sacrifice. So when you think of like what the rise of Skywalker is, and then we'll talk about the end shot, but it's also about like Ben, basically. This was his redemption mm-hmm. and it was the rise of the Skywalker within him that won out in the end, if that makes sense. So really the rise of Skywalker is for both of them. Yeah. In its own way. And it's nice. And to be honest, I liked the end of the kiss as cheesy and I want I was rooting for them to kiss, to be honest. I was like, please don't let this be another almost but not. Yeah. And yeah. it was sweet the artist he just looked so happy and then yeah, well, you, you see him smile for, like, the first time or whatever. Yeah, in the whole, so you realise, oh, he hasn't smiled at all. Yeah, he's just been, like, film. a moody teenager the whole time. But now mm. it's like... And it felt like, you know, it was... But I remember thinking, like, what, are you going to be a couple and not mention the, the millions you've murdered? It just felt like <clears throat> this was, like, the only way to go, almost. Yeah. But it was satisfying as well. Because, like, you know, it needed to happen and so like obviously a sadness to it as well um so yeah leia's body disappears as well as well so she's she's gone now her job her job is done everyone goes back to the base then classic star wars style everyone's like really happy that's happened yeah and then there's a weird moment where like the um what's the name whatever her name is magda whatever um gives chewy and the medal from a new hope now, the reason for this, do you know about this? You know about this? this? No. Is that it, apparently it's a thing in the Star Wars community where at the end of A New Hope, Chewie isn't given a medal. just doesn't have one. So, like, oh, Luke's got I've one, Han Solo's got one. And so, right at this point, yeah, for some really so fucking weird reason, they're like, here's your medal. And he'd be like, what's this yeah, about bloody time it's like what 60 years later she can't give it to me herself while she's holding on to it it was oh. it's such a weird little moment of like was it her medal I don't know I don't know maybe so that's it, what it was the whole thing is strange well, how does she know as well Magda Magdalene oh, or whatever yeah, it's weird so anyway Ray comes back and is like oh great everyone's everyone's here and you know we've all survived there's that weird moment where like Billy D and the and Finn's new love is like having a little chat. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, what's it's, your name? Where are you from? Like, I don't know. Let's find out. It's like, what does this mean? He's going to be like her sugar daddy now. So like, I honestly didn't understand what that 
Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know if it was like some sort of spin off that I hadn't. It's just set off for a spin off that I didn't know about. Yeah, I really didn't get it either. There was a, a nice lesbian kiss there, ticking oh, that like boxes. Um, and yeah, and this was, and then when they meet each other, Finn and Ray and Poe, they all hug in like this weird like thruple like yeah. hug, and I was like, Ray. I was like, but, but Poe and Ray, like you literally, I haven't seen, you haven't been in it enough. They're equals, equals now. But I was like, not watching it, going Finn and Ray should be hugging. Fuck off, Poe. Finn and Ray should be hugging because then it's also setting up a little bit like, you know, she he's like the heart of her a little bit. Like, yeah. he's like... He's her conscience. Yeah, he's had nothing to do with the Force. Though we should mention that actually throughout the film, he is actually a bit Force-sensitive, isn't he? Because he's, yes, he's... He's Force-adjacent. Yeah, because he's... Understands... He he, yeah, exactly. He kind of gets feelings he about has, something, right? Dot, dot, dot. Feelings. He does have feelings. And that's why, I mean, that bit at the end, I was like, that would have been nicer if it was just, like, Finn and Ray. Like, I don't know why, like, you're not, as you said, like, in the first thing, it was about them as a parallel. Mm. Not Poe, really. They just want to make them like they're a gang. I know, but it's, it's they're just me, it an asexual really gang Ugh. doing their thing. It's weird. And that was the thing as well, is that I sincerely thought that Poe and Finn were going to be, like, some gay I couple. And it. Finn was going to be, like, bisexual or something like that. I don't know. And that plays into it even more, if anything, because now they're having like a three-way hug. I did not get that impression <laughs> at all. I don't know. So now um, Ray flies the Millennium Falcon back to, is it Tatooine now? God, there's so many planets, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it'll be Tatooine. And, um, and this was quite like a weird, nice little bit of nostalgia where she's gone back to where Luke grew up and she goes and, you know, she has a little walk around, which is nice, and then she buries both of the lightsabers, carries and Luke's. And some woman's like... What, what are, you, are you doing here? What are you doing here, love? So what's your name? And she's like, oh, I'm Ray Skywalker. And I was like, and as you said, that's nice because it's about, like, not your blood, which is what they said throughout the film. Mm. It's about, like, you know, you're not your blood, basically. Yeah, your chosen parents and yeah. these people that have, you know, loved you and nurtured mm. you and cherished you and made you become the person that you are. Yeah, exactly. Your real, real kind of parents, really, in a way. Um... And, yeah, and so it was like the kind of rise of Skywalker because it was like her being good, basically, and, like, coming up against, going up against evil. And, you know, she was she has risen up as a Skywalker, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's also it's not about the, the family you're born into, it's about the choices you make. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly, it's a nice sentiment. Um and then it ends with the final shot of her looking into the two suns like we saw Luke in, and you hope do. Yeah, the opening, yeah. wasn't it? It wasn't the opening, no. But it was, was it the No, it wasn't the opening. It was near the beginning. Oh. Um, and, yeah, she's also um, made her own lightsaber, a yellow one, which is cool, because you don't really see many yellow lightsabers in extended universe stuff either. Um, and that's it. That is it. So... Yeah, again, like we said during the review, um, I thought it was quite a satisfying conclusion to it. I don't know how many times I would go back and watch it, really, because I think now that knowing all like the plot points are getting from A to B, the fact that it has no actual plot might make it... <laughs> might be a bit more on the surface, looking yeah. back at it, because it will just 
you'd be like expecting things to happen and be like, none of this makes sense, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I you get blinded by the flashbangness of it. Yeah, but I still think it holds up as a um, you know final film for the trilogy. It was really all about Ray, and <laughs> it was about Kylo Ren as well, and their kind of thing. And everything else was just kind of by the by. I didn't care about Poe, so the fact that he's not really, um, you know, in it that much, he's no biggie. Finn, shame really, I suppose, for his character, because a lot of people latched onto him from the first one, and he's likeable, and he just didn't really get much to do. But then I wasn't really that bothered about him in, in the first place, really. None of the Last Jedi stuff really mattered. Like, truth be told, really, did it? No, redundant. Um, and Knights of Ren were cool. Really wish they'd been given a bit more to do. Maybe there'll be a Disney TV show called Knights of Ren. Yeah, that'd be cool. But they're all dead now anyway, so it has to oh, be. A, yeah. <laughs> it could be like a, cool one of those coming together stories, like getting the getting the gang together. Yeah, for Ren. Yeah. That's what happened to them during the Last Jedi. Let's find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that was it. It's pretty cool. Um, any final comments? Um, just like a broad observation. Like I, for some reason, I don't really think like Star Wars gets much credit for having cast like the main core character as a woman, basically, or a girl who becomes yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, and she's not reliant on like men saving her, or and though they kiss at the end, is not really kind of love interest focus not like a romance as such is it um and i just think that's like a really interesting applaudable approach to take yeah they're definitely you know disney being very pc about stuff but the fact that yeah having like a strong female heroine at the heart of it um yeah is really good and it feels like a bit more modern and they didn't screw it up really like, Ray is a good, interesting character, mm-hmm. portrayed really well. They didn't make her, like, a, you know, I obviously she's pretty, but they didn't make her, like, you know, eye candy, like, you know, 100%, if you know what I mean. Like, she doesn't wear anything revealing or anything like that, and she doesn't, like, she's not bothered about her makeup or her hair or anything, like, stupid, girly stuff, which other films might have done. They've made her a very independent, strong woman is good <laughs> um right okay so that's it so if you're interested you can go to twitter at new winter instagram at a new winter you can email us new podcast at gmail.com if you want to you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash a new winter and just want to say thank you for new patron uh dtbr um and yeah sorry if there's an actual pronunciation i'm getting wrong with that um who uh, signed up and yeah you as i said you can go to patreon.com slash new winter and sign up yourself there and that's it i'm interested in what other people think of the film it's got currently on rotten tomatoes i think it's at 57 percent with the critics and 86 percent with audience scores and which is basically the flip reverse of what last jedi got where it did really well critically got panned by the fans and so it's literally the opposite I thought it was quite dangerous us talking about Star Wars because we both like Star Wars and you know more about it than I do but we don't really like no we're not like deep into it are we not obsessive but I think you know I know, yeah as you said I know enough to be able to give a fair 
critique on it, but a lot of people didn't like this. Mm. And I'm, and as you said, it's a bit weird because I'm just like, I liked it as, at the end, as the end of this trilogy, if that makes sense. I have a problem with how the whole thing was set up, really. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> you know, for the end of this bit, I, I liked it. I don't really know where else people were thinking it was going to, it was going to go like I love again I'm not going to go into this because now we're just in at the end I like the idea that raised parents were nobodies I like that they could have rolled with that that's fine I liked that but the fact they made a Palpatine's um, granddaughter to me I'm like well that is more satisfying as a Star Wars fan like it means a bit more do you know what I mean oh absolutely yeah. things like that so it scratches my yeah fanboy Star Wars itch yeah Star Wars itch um and in a way, I didn't feel like the previous two really did. Um, and the fact that it was darker, like when you think of like Return of the Jedi and the fight in the Death Star, I mean, that was dark, but this is like, I feel like this is like horror film dark. And I really love that aesthetic to it. It's a classic route to take though, isn't it, in the franchise? Mm. To, go, to go dark. Well, each There's one no is, each one has ended on a, you know, on the visually dark <laughs> as well. Like, no. Um, but yeah, with this one, I felt intrinsically like it's, it looks great. It looks, it's not, you know, the emperor, we know him, but everything just looks horrible and old and disgusting. And, and you know, that's the whole thing with Star Wars. It all looks lived in. Yeah. And with like the Emperor Palpatine's place, it was like, this looks like an ancient temple. It looks like a horrible ancient temple, which is what you kind of think of the Sith and Jedi mm-hmm. as being like. It's a complete antithesis to bloody where Luke was, which was the tree on the island and surrounded by nature and whatever it's just like stone concrete technology like um satanic almost looking stuff and yeah i loved all that that was great have a bit of that in star wars why not um so yeah that's it cool cool um yeah thanks guys and see you in the next one bye Thanks for listening, guys. And if you enjoyed the show, then remember to rate and review us or go to patreon.com slash newwinter to find out how you can get exclusive content. See ya. Culture. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.